Morning. I'm Anita Horgoth. Buck Melanoma. Molly Russell's wart. Not her wart. Not her wart. I'm I'm the wart. She's my tumor. My my growth. My uh, my pimple. I'm Uncle Wart. Just old Buck Wart Russell. That's what they call me. Or uh, Melanoma Head. They'll call me that. Melanoma Head's coming. I'm sorry. Uncle. Maisie Russell's uncle. I'm her uncle. <laughs> her, uh, her mother uh, set up this conference with you. I'm assistant principal here, as you've probably noticed from the indications on the door. I've been an educator for 31.3 years, and in that time, I've seen a lot of bad eggs. I say eggs because at the elementary level, we are not dealing with fully developed individuals. I see a bad egg when I look at your niece. She is a twiddler, a dreamer, a silly heart. She is a jabber box. And frankly, I don't think she takes a thing in her life or her career as a student seriously. She's only six. That is not a valid excuse. I hear that every day and I dismiss it. I don't think I want to know a six-year-old who isn't a dreamer or a silly heart. And I sure don't want to know one who takes their student career seriously. I don't have a college degree. I don't even have a job. But I know a good kid when I see one. Because they're all good kids. Until dried-out, brain-dead skags like you drag them down and convince them they're no good. You so much as scowl at my niece or any other kid in this school and I hear about it and I'm coming looking for you. Take this quarter. Go downtown and have a rap. Gnaw that thing off your face. Good day to you, madam. Two minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this the... Pop me down ever so slightly. Uh, this the uh, month of February in the year of our Lord, 2008. Thank you for coming by making a part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970 Solid State Radio. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is Friday, uh, and welcome to Day 12. Welcome to Leap Day, Leap Year, etc., so on and so forth. I don't even really know. Is that like a Gregorian calendar thing? Is that why that exists? Is that one of those things where if we didn't do it, everything would be all askew and then we'd crash into the sun or something? Or we couldn't launch anything correctly? Yes. Are you bluffing? Yes. Okay. Wonderful. Anyway, it is uh, three minutes uh, after 11. Thanks for coming by. It's Friday. We're here in beautiful downtown Portland. Oregon, uh, thank you for uh, being out there. Here's the uh, phone number if you'd like to join us today, telephonically speaking. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. With your comments, your questions, your clarifications, your crutches. Crutches. <laughs> With your crutches. <laughs> A little projection. Um, your clarifications, your whatnot. It's 503 733 
970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com, sarah at 970.am, tim at 970.am, or richie with a T at 970.am. Uh, richie Bristol is standing by, ready, willing, and able, armed with a crusty-like laugh to uh, pass along your observations about whatever might be crossing your brain today. Uh, and uh, uh, don't forget today is Leap Day. Saying Leap Day always sounds dumb. I mean, leap year is, is fine. If you refer leap to something day as... does sound... Yeah, just, you can just say, say leap year. Leap day makes it sound like I'm dressed up like Peter Pan sprinting around a stage in London's you know, West End somewhere. Uh, well, in any event, it, it's leap year, and so today is February 29th. Uh, so, of course, uh, today, every fourth caller that gets on the air, that's not every fourth person who calls, that's not every fourth time uh, you and your nine drunken friends call and bother Richie, that is every fourth call that gets on the air today. Uh, you will win a pair of passes to see, <clears throat> pardon me, to see 10,000 B.C., uh, which is screening uh, next Thursday, March 6th, at Lloyd Center, 1510 Northeast Multnomah, the home of entertainment. Uh, that is next Thursday, Lloyd Center, which is, uh, it's, uh, that one, it's not inside the mall, it's across the street. In 10,000 B.C., it's from the director of Independence Day and the day after tomorrow. And in the front, there's some sort of a, uh, I don't know, some sort of a, a tone greased up, caveman guy fighting a really I don't know, some sort of a CGI tiger. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, every fourth call that gets on the air today because it is uh, leap year, uh, pair passes to 10,000 B.C. Here's what else is coming up today. CNR Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins will join us today. We'll get to the bottom of the whole she can't hear any of our sound bites, but has just been sort of stringing me along, turning the entire program into one big den of uh, den of deception. We'll get to the root of that. Uh, Steve Kastenbaum will join us today from New York City. Uh, let's see, what else is coming up? Uh, Scott Downey from Film Fever Radio will join us today. Uh, we're going to be talking to Chad Gray from Hell Yeah. Uh, what? Tom Maxwell. I Hold believe on. that was his name. Let me see. How many, how many more ways can we can we mess up this interview? The last time they called it was the day that I it was last Wednesday when I was home with the Romulan death flu. All right. So is it Tom? Wait, hold on. Now, now, I, now I don't even know. Yeah, with Tom Maxwell. All right. All right. That's uh, He is the guitarist. All right. Tom Maxwell. Never mind that. That whole thing I said about talking to Chad Gray. Not going to happen. Today, though, we will be talking to Tom Maxwell uh, from Hell Yeah, uh, who are kind of a, sort of a, like a metal super group, because it's Tom Maxwell, who's from Nothing Face, and then the vocalist Chad Gray is from Mudvayne. The drummer is Vinnie Paul, who is in Damage Plan and Mantera, and anyway... Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's a lot of uh, rock with the WK. So, uh, anyway, so we'll talk to uh, that guy later on. Uh, let's see. And uh, that's something else written down. Wait. I wrote it down and then I set it aside. Well, I got nothing. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. So all that's coming up today. Scott Daly, Lisa Desjardins, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Tom Maxwell from, uh, from Hell Yeah. And, of course, every fourth caller that gets on the air today will score a pair of passes to see 10,000 B.C. Uh, next Thursday. Uh, Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification on this Friday. Yes, I am. And I put them somewhere and now I can't find them. Would you like me to bluff? Yes. Here's an email from somebody. Now, this is something I said in passing uh, last week, but I forget exactly why. I don't remember why this came up, but we were talking about, you'll never guess, bathroom habits. And then I made some observation, which I believe to be true. I said that it is typically considered, I would say it's bad form, but I said that typically speaking, when one went to a party, uh, one did not 
you, you, you would go number one at a party, but not the other. You know what I mean? You, 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 who, you, and I think Turtle actually made this observation in some recent episode of Entourage. He's like, who, who goes number two at a party? You do that before you leave home. Wasn't there a whole episode of Seinfeld about that? Where it wasn't George Costanza? Wasn't George at some girl's house? And they were getting ready to... Uh... No, there's the thing where he always takes off his shirt when he uses the facilities. But I, I swear that there was an episode of Seinfeld where... Where George was, he was at some girl's place, and then suddenly he, uh, he had to use the bathroom in the larger sense. He had to, the number two, but he had, no. but he left and went home. Does that sound familiar at all? Does that ring familiar to you? Because I have such limited Seinfeld knowledge, it really is kind of, it's one of my kryptonites. Anyway, uh, anyway, so this email says, Rick, where did you get the idea that it's considered bad form to number two with someone else's, uh, in someone else's toilet, like at a party? Tim, why couldn't you find your news? I'm just, well, this is, it was, it was, oh, uh, I have it. Okay, but I gotta finish the email now. I can't back up halfway through. He said, as opposed to number one. I know no one who's ever heard of such a convention, and I laughed my ass off when I heard you say it, just wondering where you come up with some of the things you say. I just sort of thought that that was an understood, it, it, it was social etiquette that was just sort of known by everybody. That it was just part of the, uh, it was part of the booklet that we were given out as humans uh, when we entered this, you know, the terrestrial kingdom. Am I right? Yes, yes, you're very right. Can you hear me in the back? Yes. yes. Sarah, where are you? Where do you fall down on this? You go to more parties than I do. I, you know, it's eleven o'clock in the morning, dude, and we're already talking bathrooms. I'm just, you know, but it, it had to be done because it was either going to be now or later. We were going to get to it eventually. I don't. I, you know, if someone has to use the facilities at my party, I don't expect them to have to, like, run down to the plaid to go use the bathroom. I'm just saying generally speaking, though. Well, I mean, the human condition is the human condition. Sometimes <laughs> they can't help themselves. Were you listening? Were you, listening? you sound like you were listening to too much of that Deepak <laughs> Chopra interview. Uh, what's that guy's name? Deepak Chopra? Deepak Pakra? Who's that guy? Well, who am I to deny that someone's having, like, a bad stomach problem, and I'm like, no. I'm not talking about bad stomach problems. I'm not saying you had some bad dates and suddenly your bowels are liquefying. I'm saying, you know, you just... Are you wondering what stories we're covering today? Well, in a minute, I am, but I have to... But my question is, I'm just saying, if you go to a party, and I'm just saying, maybe your evening constitutional. One does that at home before one leaves. That's all I'm saying. No, Deepak Chopra, that guy, the guy that's always talking about Hindu... Garbage, whatever that guy. He was on Dennis Miller this morning, and it was like it was the worst interview I've ever heard in my life. And I think Dennis even acknowledged that. I think Dennis acknowledged in the interview that it was in fact the worst interview that had ever been on the air, because the he brings Deepak Chopra on, who's some you know like big thinker that they bring to colleges to sit there and talk about crystals or something. And Dennis said, "Hey, let's welcome out of the Dennis Miller Show, Den- Deepak Chopra." And and Chopra doesn't sound, doesn't sound like he wants to be there at all. He goes, "Hi." And Dennis tries to give him an out. He says, hey, are you, are you not into the interview? Do you not want to, you know, well, no, here I am. And Dennis says, well, look, I mean, you know, I'm here and you're here. You know, but if you don't want to be in on the interview, we can totally bail out. If you're not in the mood, if you're feeling sick or whatever, I can, I can let you go. You don't have to be here. And Deepak goes, well, in a larger sense, Dennis, we all have to be here. And it's like just downhill from there. Uh-huh. From there, I was like one bad fortune cookie. Uh, it was like the Janet Jackson interview with Larry King last night. Dude, where, where she was trying to make him dance? Oh, my God. Did it you was, see that? It was... Uh, how old are you? 
Larry King, first of all, who even knew that he had a, like a torso? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I thought he was just sort of an upper thorax and a head. Mm -hmm. And then there was this awful moment, which you can see on YouTube everywhere today, where Janet Jackson just drags his old bones up from behind the desk and is teaching Larry King how to dance, Janet oh. Jackson style. And let's get something straight between you and I. However much fun we may make of Janet Jackson, that girl can dance. She really can. She's an even now, she's an amazing dancer. And I don't know, I know Dick about dancing, but I mean, I know enough to know that she's pretty exceptional. Larry King, not so much, as he would say. All right. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. A 96-year-old Leap Year baby celebrates her 24th birthday. We'll be hearing from plenty of Leap Yearians. Uh, it's no urban legend. A man is in critical condition after a deadly toxin is discovered in his Las Vegas motel room. Prince Harry's tour of duty in Afghanistan is cut short thanks to Drudge. Legend has it the prince killed 30 Taliban single-handedly. Uh-huh. The uh, new taller Sitka tree in Oregon has been christened after the old Sitka tree toppled. And there'll be plenty more. More exciting news? <laughs> yes. You kind of look like you're about ready to dash out for some other interview because you still got your uh, you got your whatever oh, your pea coat on today. No. Or whatever I, that is. What happens is I'm wearing a t-shirt under this coat. And you don't wish your arms to be seen. Is that it? Well, that and it's chilly in here. I had a mid-hallway collision with a hot cup of tea which drenched everything I was wearing. Oh, so uh, I had to ask Becca for a replacement to wear under my coat. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Now, now I have to know the whole story. So you came in today... Uh, so you that's are. As I usually. So you're wearing a pea coat, which is is that that's what that is called, right? Yeah, it's I very nice. I like that. That's a great coat. Mm. Um, Every so newsman should have one. It really is wonderful. Uh, so you had that. Now underneath that, you were wearing a originally like a button down. Yes, and you, a t-shirt. You collided with someone, or with someone think you collided with. You know, that's a guy you don't want to collide with because he's like the size of. I mean, he's he's you know he's not like, you know, I'm not, he's not like a fat man, but he's he's big. He's yes. a big guy. Uh, yeah, you don't want to collide with him because you will lose that collision. So then your tea... Well, I lost my entire cup of tea. Down the front of your shirt. Yes. And so you went to Becca, and by the way, how great is it to work at a radio station? Because there's always a t-shirt for you to put on. That's the first thing you think uh -huh. of. Of course. Anytime you I have my something, friend You can always right borrow a t-shirt from someone. I can't tell you how many times, uh, just, just since we've been at CBS, I've come to work, I'll spill something. One time I had a button just flat out, because of my immense girth, I had a button flat out just pop off a shirt. And what do you immediately do? You go to Becca and you say, hey, uh, do you have a station shirt I can wear? She goes, yeah, what size? Uh, I don't know, XL probably. Here you go. And then she shirts you up, uh, and then you, you're good to go. That's the, that is one thing at a radio station you will never have to worry about, mm -hmm. is what to do if you spit. Because we've all been in that situation where you, you know, you're, you're, and it's always, it's never at 4.55. It's always at like right 9.00. when I just came in. Exactly. I put my bag down. <laughs> Collision. Nine day is already destroyed. <laughs> and doesn't it ruin your whole outlook? It really does. It, it ruins your entire frame of mind. You have to work really hard I to mean, not let it put you in a bad mood. I, I do not work in t-shirts. No. <laughs> Very rarely do I work in t-shirts. Today is a, it's Friday, and I didn't have anything ironed. Mm. But even you'll note even today, but here's how anal I am about it. So I'm not wearing a dress shirt today. Uh, which I usually do, just because I got to look respectable upstairs. Um, but it's I never did anything. Free dress Friday. It's it's free. Yes, it's picture <laughs> day. Um, so I'm wearing a T-shirt today, but it's still a radio shirt. This is a KQLZ Los Angeles uh, shirt. That station didn't last very long. No, it didn't. The station. Well, this station has station. been off the air for what ninety? Well, since '93, I think. Fifteen yeah. years. KQLZ. They had that mean-looking uh, guy doing the morning show. Scott Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that Scott... may go well over in New York. Did not go well over in L.A. Scott Shannon with his big devil eyes. Yeah. You know what the weird thing about there's a little uh, inside radio talk. The weird thing about pirate radio is 
that was the name of the station. It wasn't really a pirate radio station. KQLZ in Los Angeles, it, they were trying to do that KNAC thing, mm-hmm. but they were trying to mainstream it. They de- they had that great book. They debuted it number one and just fell off the map. That's that has to suck too. That's like those bands that win best new artist and then you never hear from them again. Yeah, they I think they debuted at number one in the book and then bam gone forever. Anyway, they lasted just long enough for me to buy a T-shirt. So I'm wearing my KQLZ shirt today, but. Um, yeah, at a radio station, you spill something in yourself at 9.01 as you always catch a packet right down the front of your tie or something. Uh, I did it yesterday. I was drinking some Viso, and I poured some Viso onto my white shirt. So so what T-shirt are you wearing today? It's not a plain black shirt. It's a U2 3D shirt. So it's a, it is, okay, so here's, here's the other thing. Here are the two kinds of T-shirts that you will be offered when you spill something on yourself at a radio station and you go to see the promo woman. Uh, like Becca, you will go to say, hey, uh, I don't have a, do you have a shirt I can wear? You'll be offered two things. A station shirt, which is like a shirt that says AM 970, you know, or whatever. Or a shirt from a bygone promotion. Yeah. And you have the latter. U2 3D, which I think is just a, a concert film of U2 that they, you know, in 3D that they did one of the theaters around here. It's like the other day I, I, uh, I saw somebody walking around in a shirt. And it wasn't Fred Claus, but it was a shirt from that rock band game that we gave away like six months ago. Like, that shirt doesn't even mean anything anymore because the release dates are all out of date. So, all right. But thank you, Becca. So, you know, here the thing is you... I'm, do, un, I'm, I'm comfortable, but it's better than nothing. Well, the thing is you do look kind of stylish today, though, because... Kind of like is like. With, I was just going to say, because with the with the peacoat on, I can't tell that it's a promotional T-shirt because you can't see the little, you know, on the breast, the little logo there. Yeah. It just looks like you have peacoat and then black shirt underneath it. It does look kind of good with the jacket. It really does. Oh, thank you. I would, uh, yeah, I would never have guessed that that was a backup clothing ensemble today. It is. Ensemble. In the, word of Proje- in the words of Project Runway, Tim, you've made it work. You do look quite dashing, Tim, right? Resolve the skirt. This is kind of the uh, the Michael Kors look. Yeah. If you watch Project Runway. Yeah. He wears the same thing every day. Make it work. He does. That is the outfit. Mm-hmm. You know, you fi- that's the thing is, you find one outfit, you never deviate. It's the Michael Kors outfit. The someday. That's, that's so funny. I was driving by Hawthorne, and I used to live right next to the perfume house on Hawthorne, and I saw the guy, the this classy older gentleman, who's worked there, you know, for years and years, and I saw him for the first time today in five years wearing the exact same like suit. What is the What is the suit? He wears like a gray suit, white shirt, like crimson tie, and like gray slacks as well. Just very well-to-do looking man. <laughs> Now, wearing the exact same thing as when I saw him five years ago. Now, what do you think about this? Because we've we've had the conversation about how when we get old, we don't want to look like our parents. Um, because every time, oh, you, I know, I don't. I know because every time you do, and, and you do this too. My par- my dad was always old, and was he one of those guys that was instantly old yeah. from birth, instantly and, and, old and in he, a square. And he automatically had that Elvis pompadour from the 1950s, <laughs> regardless of what he did. Out of the he always, yeah. it would just spring back. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but my whole thing is, um, I and this is a tip I'm gonna. I can't believe I'm saying this. This is a little, a little uh, something I'm going to take from the priests that I knew growing up. Growing up, I'm going to. Uh, I think when I get to be old, I'm going to shift into black slacks and like black shirt. Not a t-shirt as such, but maybe not a button-down. You know, maybe like a like a black golf shirt, black work. black slacks, like a black bowling shirt. Maybe? Yeah, exactly. It's something like a black bowling shirt, black slacks all the time as an old guy. Uh, because you can, because here's the thing: when you go, when you become old, I think you just forget how to dress. Uh, period. But that way, if I if I plan for it now, I won't look like a tool when I'm older. So just so you know, when you see me when I'm like, you know, 
70 years old, walking around somewhere, it's going to be black slacks, black shirt. That's but, it. But, you know, if you still wear those traditional styles, they never get old. Yeah, that's it. You, you always have that one look. Right. You always have that one look. It never gets old. So if you have a closet full of that stuff, you don't have to go out and buy new stuff all the time. Totally. And I will start staying. When it, once I hit a certain age, I will start staying away from anything uh, that I see advertised because I'll know that it's going to be outdated in a year. Yeah. Flares? No. All right. Joined today as always by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon. Hello. How Hello. are you? How are you? Good. I went and saw the Super Suckers last night. Oh, how was that? Where it was, was it at? Good. It was at Burbati's. It was a, a camel show. So yeah. I got, um, my friend Aura gave me tickets for free promotion or whatever. How were they? They were really good. Bumped into Kristen from accounting there. Excellent. Um, it was so great. that They're such like a, you know, a rad rock and roll band. Well, they're just so grubby and just, you know what awesome. I mean? Every, at the end of every song, they'd do like the old, like, uh, that most bands do at the very end of their set, but every single song, they'd end it like The big rave up. Yeah. And then he would hold his guitar over his head. And then they start their next song. I'm like, I love this. They're band. just, they're just so grimy and and and. I don't want to. It sounds like such cliche. They're raw and they're real, but I mean, but they do, and it's not a put on with those guys. I mean, you, like they really are. Absolutely. They're just these guys with guitars that just they just strip down and basic and really you know honest about it. So, mm-hmm. And I got to hear pretty effed up, and that made yeah. me really happy. Fantastic. And then watched Lost last night, which was. Unreal! It was so bizarre. It took it took entirely different world. Maybe we'll get some calls about that here in just a while, Sarah. Yeah, I didn't know. It took me a while thinking about it, whether or not I liked it or not. But I'm coming to terms because it was a lot with like time travel and stuff. Right. So it was very surreal. It was a really strange episode, but it was really good. I got none of that new Dexter season watched last night, so I really got to catch up on that. I need to that. stop watching Dexter because since I've been watching it, I have nightmares every night and I can't <laughs> sleep. I can't sleep Attention, at all. CBS. I'll wake up in the middle of the night and... Bonesaw! <laughs> and it's not even just about the killing. I just keep having these horrible negative dreams. Yeah. Maybe CBS like ought to go back to the Gomer Pile reruns. <laughs> I feel like it's kind of like inserting itself into my brain in a negative way. Uh, so what episode are you on? Have you I'm watched any more? episode eight. So this is the episode, has something been revealed? Um, nothing's been revealed. Okay. There hasn't been any moment. He's just going to see the therapist. Okay. Oh, that's a, that's an interesting episode. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, but Dave, I thought Dave Zinn said that this was the one that the reveal happened. In. And let's be careful because it is airing on CBS yes, right now. So yeah, but it's uh, okay. Well, you only got uh, four episodes left. So yeah. It's making me more because he's kind of like thinking about when he was younger now, and let I'm me, like, let me ask you this about Dexter, his sister, hot or not? I can't tell. I can't tell either. She's she's kind of weird looking. She's kind of trashy. But I totally believe my prediction, like what I called you about yesterday. Yeah. I am absolutely 100% confident that that. You made a I prediction think. about the identity. Uh, uh, no one spoiled this. Uh, the identity of the ice truck killer. And you you have made a second prediction now, and you're standing by it. Yes, I okay. or else maybe the two together. Okay. Interesting. One of the two. Interesting. Yeah, the sister is kind of weird. Maybe I just think she's uh, trashy because she was playing a hooker in the first episode. You know, yeah, undercover. Yeah, the first time you see her, she's in Daisy Duke from I the halter top. I just can't figure out if she's if she's good looking or not. She's kind of got weird eyes. Her and a weird is, mouth. Yeah, it's just her face is kind of strange. I just, I don't know if she's good looking or not. But anyway, well, uh, let's see. So let's uh, let's do some of these calls here, and then we'll talk a little bit about Lost. Uh, we've got uh, Lisa Desjardins coming up. Oh, by the way, I forgot to do this yesterday. I want to thank our listener, Tom, in Utah, uh, who hooked us up with yesterday's show open, the uh, uh, C.J. Craig, uh, having had Root Canal on the West... Root Canal! Uh, yesterday on the uh, the West Wing. Uh, Tom sent us that, so thank you, Tom. All right. Genius. I have Root Canal! Anyway. Oh, and we have to talk about this great ad that Tim gave me. Where did you find this? This looks like the Willamette. Back in the Willamette week. Yeah. Some, uh, it's a mail-order bride thing. Mm-hmm. Like an ad for... Uh, 
Let's see here. Are you ready to meet the woman of your dreams? Yes. It's just, it's, I guess it's where they just send you Asian women. Or whatever. Are they from Asia? No, it's, it's all Asian women. <clears throat> I, I think they're... South Sea Connections, not an escort service. Yeah, I think they're from the Philippines. Art Bell material. <laughs> Does Art Bell have a... They're too old for Art Bell. Yeah, I'm looking right true. here. Does he have a child bride? I didn't say that. Apparently, though, Sarah, they are unegotistical and non-material... I don't think that's a Is word. Is that a selling point? Also, they're slim and non-materialistic. Slim and non-materialistic. Jesus. We don't feed them. All right. They're underfed, guys. Uh, all right. Let's just do here. And again, today, every fourth call that gets on the air, uh, we winning a pair of passes to see 10,000 B.C. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, I was going to say uh, regarding uh, 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 Seinfeld, yeah. when George went to the restroom. There's actually two episodes like that. Yeah, one of them, he, he couldn't do it, so he had to go back home. Yeah, he was at a girl's house, and then he had to leave and go home because he wouldn't go number two at her house. Right. Yeah. But then there was another one where he was at a party, and he was he was going to the bathroom. And when he came out, he was not wearing his shirt. And because he felt better and freer in the bathroom when he takes his shirt off. Excellent. See, I really do need to <laughs> buckle down and watch that show. Is there, let me ask you this. Can I ask you a question here? Sure. Because, Sarah, you're a big Seinfeld fan, too. And, yeah. And I've never... And the thing is, I don't try to pretend to know more about Seinfeld, Seinfeld than I do. Because I just, I just don't... Uh, I just didn't watch it. Um, is there a bad season? I mean, did the show have a bad season at one point? Is there a season I should skip? A season? Probably either the seventh or the eighth season. It kind of was down compared to everything else. But... Yeah, obviously some shows are, are, are worse than others, but overall, no. We're really, realistically, no. Because, you know, some shows are good front to back, and then you get a show like The Simpsons where you kind of tell people just to, just to quit around 1998 or so, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, well, the seventh or eighth season, they kind of stretched a little bit, but then they came back strong in the last year. All right. I'll, uh, I'll buckle down and get Seinfeld to watch one of these days. Cool. All right, it's on television like every goddamn minute, though. I guess I could just set my TiVo to record it. Yeah, it's one of those things that even the you know the less funny episodes are still better than... Is there a reason that, to watch it on DVD as opposed to on TV? Like, is there some... Do they... It's fun because it's commercial-free and you just whip by them. I mean, I'll just put it in a DVD of right. Seinfeld and just... I'll, before I know it, I've watched like eight episodes. Well, I got the TiVo. Exactly. So, I mean, is there, is, there, is there anything to recommend against just watching it off television? Oh, can you skip all the commercials of the TiVo? I mean, it, it, can I yeah, skip you can. commercials with, of the TiVo? Well, I mean, you can, but you have to do some work. Like, at least if I have DVD. to press a button. You're such an American. I have to press the button the four DVD, times. You can, you can do the play all, and it just continues yeah. on. That is, that's a sweet invention, do the play all. Thank you, sir. That's a sweet invention, that play all button. How much do you love that? I know. I have the Sex in the City box set. There's not a play all feature. Oh, by the way, speaking of Sex in the City, uh, if I could just... Boy, so I accidentally watched a little bit of Lipstick Jungle last night. Wow. Boy, is that bad. Boy, is that just the worst show. Not that I expected it to be good and not, let's be honest, not that I'm the target demographic for it. But you know, it's a, you're you know you're sort of flipping around or uh, you know or you have it on one channel and the, I think the TiVo was recording it as some kind of suggestion, probably because my wife watches Cashmere Mafia, and so it's it, well if you like that you'll love Lipstick Jungle. No, no she won't. No, <laughs> no one will. No one will love Lipstick Jungle because it's repellent. One more call, then we'll break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Rick. Sarah and Tim. Hey, what's Hi up? There. Hi. This is Frank from uh, Arizona. Well, that's Listen, life in Arizona, uh, sir. How well, life in Arizona, you, do you really want to know? It's like 78 degrees right now. Okay, here's the thing. Uh, are you familiar with the musician Roger Klein? Yes, I am. Okay, now, here's the thing. Are you in Phoenix? N uh, in near Phoenix. Not, okay. Not in now, uh, you are a bastard, and I hate you, and here's why. Uh, because Roger Klein, you. because Roger Klein and the Peacemakers, who I love, 
who are, in my opinion, pound for pound, like one of the best live touring acts right now. He's got a new album coming out. Turbo Ocho is coming out, uh, I believe, on March 15th. The Ides of March, and he's going to be doing a live uh, performance of the new album in its entirety in Phoenix. And I would give anything to be there, and I can't. So I'm jealous well, of you, I sir. I am writing that down, and we'll look into it. Please, if you, get, if you get to go, you, if you go, you have to give me a whole recap on it. I will absolutely right. do that. I, I, I would love to actually just continue to whine a little bit about the streaming for those of us that are no longer in town. Yes, what sir. is up with the live streaming? I'm glad you asked me that. No, no, no. It's yeah, this is a true story. Uh, uh, is, uh, I am not uh -huh. just. I am not placating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right, all right. You can ask the question or you can mock. You can't do both, friend. Now, here's the thing. I was in my office today, uh, and our general manager came by the office today, and he said, hey, what's up? And just as my general manager came by the office, I had just series, uh, finished a series of emails back and forth with CBS's massive legal department uh, this morning. So um, if I can actually, this is, this is kind of funny, actually. So as I've told the story, and then we have to break here in a second, but as I've told the story, uh, I've had to assemble a stack of documents that is really like three inches thick to get the streaming ready, and it's taken me forever, and Cheryl upstairs from Hawaii, the Cheryl, Cheryl the Hawaiian, has helped us with that, and Bridget from upstairs, I mean, I had a, several people helping me gather and collate all these documents. Got them all scanned in. I felt so bad she had to scan in 95 pages or something into Holy a PDF. Cow. I send them all off to legal last night, finally. Finally, I send them off to the lawyer. And I say, here, CBS lawyer, here's every document you need to approve our streaming. You know, let's go. Come on, let's get it filed. And we'll go. So I get it. What do I, I get an email back from the lawyer this morning saying, hey, Rick, thanks so much for getting me those documents. By the way, I'm going on vacation today, and I'll, uh, I'll tackle these as soon as I get back in two weeks. <laughs> and I email, I email back, and I said, come on. I didn't really say come on. I didn't really say come on. But I said, well, let me know if there's anything I can do to speed that along. So... The lawyer well, has them, and we're looking into getting it rolled. Mm. Well, so as soon as uh, soon as our lawyer, one of them anyways, back from vacation, we're going to get it tackled, sir. I will keep calling back, Rick. Thank, Thank you. you much. Bye. Peace. Yes, there you go. Thank you, sir. That's that guy in Phoenix. All right. Shall we break? All right. Lisa Desjardins coming up later on. Sarah's Lost Recap, Steve Kastenbaum, and more. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. If I'm, if I'm considering establishing an honest, sincere relationship with an Asian lady, but don't know where to begin, apparently, the apparently, starting point to find <laughs> Apparently, I've, apparently, I've, I begin by going to a seminar in Gresham. Wow. Yeah. Where dreams come true. <laughs> Gresham. You don't need to whine or diner. Just go to Gresham. Gresham, where Asian fantasies take wing. Oh, God. I hear they're non-materialistic, too. That's, and, uh, wait, and unegotistical, which I don't really believe is, that's not a real word, I don't think. All right. I got to go to this website later. I got to reserve my seat, too. Uh, all right. Did you want to, you had a thing to tell me? You came in oh, on no, bubbly just, and excited. I just got the greatest press release. Guess what I got invited to, Rick Emerson? I can't imagine. The Northwest Baby Fest. Yeah. Mm. It's the Northwest Family and Baby Fest. 
I can uh, look at children's products, family recreation, entertainment, and crafts. Jesus. Okay, here's another. Do you want to know another reason uh, not to have kids? I mean, like if you need more. And they gave us tickets. Wow, Would really? You like a ticket for it, Rick? More than you can possibly imagine. Um, so Dennis Pitsenbarger, and we'll uh, welcome Lisa Desjardins in here in just one second. Um, so Dennis Pitsenbarger uh, callers me in the hallway the other day because his wife, and don't get me wrong, I like his wife, but how do I put this? Um, I, I do believe Brandy is um, a fine girl, and I do believe that she is, uh, I think she's very into being a mom. Let's put it that way. You know what I mean? Not that Dennis isn't into being a dad, but I think it manifests itself in different ways. I think guys who are... Like as opposed to like a... Like part of life and then whole life? Well, and the I, that could be, you know, because Dennis is, uh, you know, he, uh, uh, I, I don't know. It, it, yeah, he might I, be venturing into that. That's what I'm saying. I, I don't yeah. not quite know how to phrase it without making it sound wrong. But, but I do get the thing. She's just, she's leaping into the whole thing. She's just really embracing the whole experience. And by embracing the whole experience, I mean pointing out things in a catalog that he should buy. And so he comes up and he's like, he's like, dude, look what Brandy wants me to buy for the kid. And it's like a backyard play set. And it's like a big, you know, one of those big plastic, and they don't make them out of metal anymore because I guess there was some impaling and death. But they, but it's like one of those big plasticky, you know, where everything's got soft, rounded plastic corners with a slide and a thing, a playhouse, and a thing you climb up and a monkey ladder or what jungle ladder, whatever. What are those things? Monkey bars, whatever. Okay, yeah. But you know how? And then, and then the deal is it's like fully installed. How much fully assembled do you suppose one of those would be for your backyard? I don't even. I fully, you know, fully assembled. Like a child's sort of, it's like a... Like a shot, a shot in the dark, I have no clue. Imagine um, like a scaled-down version of one of those McDonald's Playlands. Mm. Fully assembled in your backyard. $2,500? Twenty $45,000. <laughs> there you go. But Sarah, if you don't do it for your kids, for whom would you do it? Let's welcome now to the record. Wait, hold on. Can you turn Can that off for a second? Hold on. Just turn that completely off. Hey, Lisa? Yes. Am I now to understand that you can't even hear the opening theme we play for you? Uh, you know, I don't know. I know in the past I have heard it. Recently I haven't even thought about it. I don't know. I was just going to say, before I go out of my way to start playing some sound, <laughs> that you're going to feign hearing. Well, usually a lot of people can hear it. I'll push the telephone button and it deafens people. But um, sometimes... <laughs> let's just, let's just, let's, let me put this aside. Let me set the news over here. And let's talk about something. Yeah. Now, yeah. yesterday there was this... Uh, awkward moment at the end of the phone call when yeah. I played for you really what was one of like the greatest sound bites we've ever had in on this show. Yeah. And you sort of you sort of gave this awkward chuckle and then you said, Rick, I should confess that I can't hear any of the sound you play. Not just yesterday, but apparently for many, many, many days prior. Yes. And so first of all, I'd like to thank you for having such an open and honest relationship with me that you could <laughs> tell me that weeks ago that I'm just letting me play sound like a jackass. Um, and so, and also, but here's the other thing. So we had that whole uh, kerfuffle yesterday, but then we talked to Steve Kastenbaum. Literally, the instant you hung up, uh, we talked to Steve. Steve could hear the sound just fine. Later, we talked to somebody from the National Enquirer in New York. They could hear the, the sound just what? fine. I, Sarah? It, it, this is true, Lisa. Steve could hear it. Uh, and this is, again, not, we hadn't touched anything. We fit. Literally, you hung up the phone. We ended the call. Steve rang right in, and the oh, first, geez. right off the bat, we said, Steve, we're going to test something. Can you hear this? And we played whatever sound, and he was totally able to hear it. Steve is like the daggum John Glenn of the radio world. Like, he is just Mr. Clean, and he's so funny, you can't hate him, and he's nice, but it, just everything, that guy. Did you just refer to him as the dadgum John Glenn? I did. Is that a right stuff reference? 
Uh, it, it is a right stuff reference in general. I don't know if they actually use that particular phrase. All right. Uh, dadgum sounds like a thing that John Glenn himself might say, though. Yeah, uh, true. There, yeah. So, uh, anyway, but he was able to hear it perfectly, uh, and then we played it for a, a totally different person, uh, somebody who was on the phone with us from New York, and she could hear it properly. So, oh, geez. I hate to point fingers, Lisa, <coughs> but it does seem like maybe somehow this is on... Now, are you on an ISDN? Well, you're not on an ISDN. Oh. Are you on a, a regular phone? Or are you listening, picking up through the, the the phone that I have here in the Capitol? Through the Are you picking this up through the board? Yeah, I take it through the board. That's right. Well, Which listeners, what are you talking about? Yeah, that's, well, I, yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll wait. Uh, so <laughs> and that well, it's just perplexing now because. That's should we try again today? Also, that you didn't even hear the Martha clip, uh, Quinn clips that we played no. the other day. No. Well, should we just go through right now and play all the clips that she needs to hear? Let me. Well, let. I, who knows if she can hear? Okay, I'm going to play you something else here. Tell me. Nothing more exciting than a sound check, right? We're going to do test, test. <laughs> can I get more vocal in my monitor? All right, we do a little. This is like the hearing test of the doctor, where they you have to you raise either your right or your left hand. Yes. Can you hear this? Yes. Okay, so okay, I heard that. But what the hell? I don't know. I, I'm just telling you. I know if I had heard the sound bites. Uh, the, the Martha Quinn or the soundbite yesterday, I I would have been happy to respond, but it was just too awkward. I just I couldn't I couldn't. You couldn't live the lie any longer. And anymore, right? <laughs> Our whole relationship is built on lies. <laughs> uh, the uh, all right. So you are able to hear how? Maybe it's only Howard Dean you can hear. Um, <laughs> let's see. I, do I hear him probably uh, when I'm just you know by myself actually? <laughs> Like he's your Harvey the Rabbit. Um, yes. Uh, let me play one more here. Wait, hold on. Can you hear? And bonus points if you can identify this. <laughs> I did hear it. I cannot identify. That is your good friend. Is that? <laughs> that is. That's Roof. That's Ed McCarthy. Oh. It does kind of sound like Roof. I can see that though. I yeah, can totally like... see that. Yeah, that's a that is a, we've been playing that forever because we we, we find it hilarious. Um, all right, well I'll tell you what, let's do uh, the, the actual news here, and then we okay. might. This I'm is not, great. this is a breakthrough. I feel I feel like I'm back in the in the full world. Well, we'll see. We're uh, uh, let's we won't I won't try to, to 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 make up everything today, but we'll uh we'll we'll see if we can get one piece of audio played for you later, so we can start okay. to catch up a little bit. Great. Um. All right. Well, now, now that I have to, I don't even know what the hell we're talking about here. Um, oh, I, I now I know why I'm sort of blocking uh, out the, the news and sort of putting it off. Uh, because he, here are my options. Uh, we can either talk about this because it is sadly a news story, but again, it's a news story about news stories. It is, it is us just talk. It is a story that is only a story. Because we are just busy eating our own tail here like a snake. Um, okay. Or or I can just ignore it, but I mean, but it is a thing that people are talking about. So let me just apologize to everyone on earth in advance for now being yet some other jackhole radio host that is talking about, wait for it, Barack Obama's middle name. Oh, Really, yeah. there's just no explanation. There's no way I could convey to you how stupid this is. And yet here we are. So... Where where are we with that middle name, Lisa? Where are we? <laughs> hey, 
you know, we haven't, we actually, you and I have not exchanged middle names ever. This reminds me. But uh, back back to Barack, we can come back to that in a sec. But, uh, you know, I think the only point that has not been made about Barack that I have not heard been made about this Barack Hussein Obama bit is everyone is talking about, oh, is this a smear, Muslim, not Muslim, middle name, not whatever. Uh, you know, it, it, it's interesting to me that no one has brought up that it is the last name of the former dictator of Iraq. And that, that for, somehow that hasn't worked into anyone's theory of the smear. Everyone's kind of a, in, automatically saying, oh, it's just because it's an Islamic or Muslim name. Well, that's weird, actually, because I... Uh, oh, really? Because I haven't heard that at all. And to me, they're hand in glove. You know, it's... it's Right, well, that's my thing. I mean, no one's come out and said it, but I always assumed that was one of the reasons that uh, a bunch of nitwits were saying it. Me too, but I have not heard anyone, even those who in the Democratic Party are, you know, which is most people in the Democratic Party who are really condemning uh, anyone who brings up the last, the, the middle name, especially Republicans who bring it up, they're not bringing up Saddam. They're just saying, oh, it's it's a anti-Muslim slur. Well, you know what, can I just say, this is exactly, we were talking about this yesterday, where you get these uh, idiot flacks of whatever of whatever party mm. who get out there and they do the thing of, uh, you know, where they put the subject out there by pretending that other people are already talking about it. <laughs> right. And it's that right. some people say, and so you get these idiots that are, well, why, do, why is Barack Obama's middle name, why are people saying we're not allowed to use his middle, well, no one's saying that. <laughs> No one's saying that. Ask Canada. I don't know if you caught that yesterday on Situation Room. It was fa it was fascinating. Uh, no, I I didn't. I just. But it was uh, just along those lines. Like, what's the big deal? We should be able to use his middle name. Uh, you know, it's the, the real problem is that he doesn't want to. Use, that he is shirking from it. What? Why is he nervous about it? Really, this is why this country is is. Uh, I mean, honestly, come on. Uh, so I'm, I mean, on the one hand, somebody did have an interesting point that we do refer to a great number of presidents by either all their initials or their full name. Uh, FDR, JFK, LBJ, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Um, you know, is it really, is there a lot of reference to Ronald Wilson Reagan? Well, I'm just saying we certainly know. I'm, look, you know. I'm not trying to be that guy. I'm just saying, you know, uh, it's, it's not like you work with a lot of people at the office, uh, you know, and you use like their full initials or you know their middle name. I don't know the middle name of almost, almost anybody here. I don't know their middle name. Right. So That's true. I suppose in some... Somehow, stupid navel gazing trivia for the, in some Kenneth C. Davis history book kind of way. Maybe it's it's interesting, but it is the very definition of a footnote. You know, it's like at the bottom of the page with an asterisk. Um, so uh, yeah, I think so. I, I think possibly, but I think we have not heard the end of this. Just so irritated by the whole thing. It's not even that I'm irritated because I think it's dirty politics, or it's not even that I'm irritated. It's just dumb, and it, it's it's like such a waste of my brain cells to have to read these stories that I just wish Obama or whoever would just, or maybe just you know me, just put out a press release saying. You know, like, like, yeah, like his, his, his dad. You know, his dad gave him the middle name, and shut up, <laughs> stop it. Right. Well, in fact, it's his, it's his father's exact name. His father's name was Barack Hussein Obama. Right. So, so he is Barack Hussein Obama Jr. Jesus. I mean, it's like I can feel my brain becoming smooth and foldless every time I have to hear some discussion about this. So. Yeah, okay. Well, we can add, we can add to this in a, a completely, I guess, superficial way. But do uh, you know Hillary Clinton or John McCain? McCain's McCain, John McCain's uh, uh, middle names. Um, is Hillary's middle name Elizabeth? No, it's it's of that ilk though. I think I got nothing then. Diane. 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 And John Diane. McCain's middle name is what? Sydney. Sydney with a Y or an I? E Y. Is S I D E Y. 
or N-E-Y. N-E-Y. Interesting. I, I believe that, is that not how Dear Sydney was spelled? Maybe. He doesn't look like a Sydney to me, though. Like, no, even in a middle name. it was just the McCain family. You know, he had the dad who was, it was uh, coming up in the Navy probably at the time. Having, like, the middle name, having the name Sydney is like having the name of, like, Melvin or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't, you know, you sound like kind of a schlemiel. So, uh... All right. Well, in any event, so but, I, so let me just let me just ask you this. What because, is your middle name? Uh, what's your middle name? Oh, well, let I'll, me hold on. Before yeah. we do this, let me well, before we let me put a pin in that for a second. Just let me. Yes. Be, because in in uh, I do have to ask this just to uh, you know in in to to honor the uh, the 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 horrible uh, brackish memory of uh, Lee Atwater. I will have to ask: Are we going to continue to hear a bunch of crap about Barack Obama's middle name? Yes, not as much. It's going to pop up, though. It, it'll, right. it'll pop up here and there. But if he's the nominee, you'll hear it again for sure. All right. Um, okay, so now before we do this, at the risk of just being too precious for the room, so <laughs> we can exchange middle names here in just a second. But yeah. now, first, though, I think we should we should each have one guess at the okay. other's middle name. So I will go first. Lee, right. uh, Sarah, do you want to help me out with this? Do you have a, a guess? As to what, your Lisa's, middle name Lisa's, Lisa's middle name? You know my middle name. Oh, I do know your middle yeah. name. Okay, Lisa's middle name. I always want to say Elizabeth just because it's just a pretty name, but I know it's not that. Um, Lisa. Um, I've n- never in my life has anyone guessed it. Is, it, is it an uncommon name in any way? It is a common name. It yeah. is a common it is, but name. It, but it's not, it's not a name people are giving their children really much anymore. All right. I'm going to ask you this. One or two syllables? Uh, three. Three? Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Mm-hmm. It is, in fact, my mother's first name. I know this is really gripping for the audience. This is, you can hear that 10-share <laughs> building right now. Uh, um, I, and uh, my mother is named after her father as well. So her, she's, oh, I'm named geez. after her. She's named after him. He has that name. It was not his birth name, but it was his name because he was Irish. It was a nickname. All right, Irish. Sarah, help me out here. I don't, I'm trying to think. Um... Oh come on! I practically I think I feel like I've led you right to church. <laughs> come on! How many first names? Did, what would you call an Irish guy? Other, it, it, there's there's really two. You've got two choices. Patricia. Here. That's it. Yeah! Oh, wow. hey, look at me, Rick Emerson for the win. Good job. All right, it just came to me. It, it was it was like a biblical revelation. It just well, appeared in my head. My mother Patsy. All right, excellent, Patricia. Fantastic. All right, uh, all right. You get a guess at mine. Oh my goodness! Is it also a common name? Uh, well, here I'll write it down for Sarah just to make Rick sure. Rick is your first name, correct? Yes, it is. Okay. Okay. Okay, so there no, you go. No, that's that's not very common. It's you know a lot of guys with that name. No, I don't know anybody with that name. There's a guy who works upstairs with that name. Well, oh. you haven't met him though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right. and we used to work with somebody by that name. Yeah. So it's a it is a uh, I would I would argue a fairly common one I think it's an syllable. Older. I, I think it would be like a like a. Like your age and maybe older. So, so a Gen X and up, uh, Gen X and up, but not specific. One syllable uh, male name. Are there any current celebrities with this first name? Uh, If you watched under the age of fifty. Oh, you're gonna give it away. If you watched Arrested Development, uh, you saw uh, someone with this name make uh, some pretty amusing cameos. Geez, I didn't see Arrested Development of all the shows. All right, how about this? Okay, I'm gonna give you. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Hold on. I have, I have my, I have one guess, but it's a it's now. Rough. Okay, now you have a guess. Now, uh, you you didn't see Arrested Development, so I could, uh, if you would so like, yeah. uh, I could probably give you, um, a hint. Okay. Would you oh, like? Would you like a hint? Well, I'll take. Does it start with the letter S? 
S as in Sam? Yes. No, it does not. Okay, all right. Then that then I'm wrong. Okay, would you care for a hint? Yes. All right. Um All right, hold on. One second. Um <laughs> Uh, this is really this is really like one step away from. Like talk about the news while you're like thinking one, about your hands. It's one step away from from guess that number. Um, okay, is there I will. A safe uh, with this name? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay, I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you this. The hint is manifesto. Oh. Hmm. <laughs> is 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 your is your name is it? Perhaps uh, Carl? It is indeed. That's fantastic. Spelled the same way as well with a K. Wow. So there you go. I don't believe I'm actually named for Carl Marx, by the way, but uh, <laughs> it is it is spelled, yeah, I do have the, the weird, the, the K That's spelling. Also an so. Aqua Teen Hunger Force reference. <laughs> yes, indeed. All right. Um, well, there you go. So, so, all right, so we've hit, we've hit Obama's name. Yes. Um, not too much going on otherwise today. Standoff over how Congress and the president should deal with the mortgage crisis and all the foreclosures that have come at record levels and probably will continue coming. Big standoff over that. It's hard to say if Congress is going to make any progress there. Meanwhile, the Secretary of the Treasury has just said today that he thinks the penny should be eliminated. Well, of course the penny should be eliminated. Everybody knows that. You think? I mean, that's just a, it's a given. We're still making money off the penny. You know what? I just read. Who was it that just eliminated the penny? Uh, not to, Was it Australia? I think Australia eliminated, eliminated the penny some time back. I may be wrong about that, but I, there was there was a country. I do believe it's Australia, but I could be wrong. Um, that uh, that eliminated the penny some time back with no ill repercussions. I might add. Hmm. All right. Now, do we dare try, uh, Sarah? Do we dare try playing one other small piece of audio before she? Uh, before she oh goes yeah, away? I believe that you should. I think it's you're two for two. All right. Already. Now, now if you don't, exactly. If you don't hear this, I'm just going to go weep silently in a corner. Are you so, going to play her the story from yesterday? No. Well, I could. Would you rather hear the Martha Quinn clip or the CN or the uh, the worst uh, soundbite ever from yesterday? Let's do yesterday, I think, because you because you, you promoted the clip so much. I, I mean, I want to hear them both, but I, I'll pick that one. All right, okay, hold on. Or me... the Martha, whichever. You're you're you lead me. I haven't heard either one. All right, so uh, so here's the thing. I'm gonna I'll bring up this clip and just so anyway, so people have a backup on uh, or backstory on this again. This is a story from it. It ended up not being on CNN, but it was it was some television network and like. I don't know, Lick Skillet, Arkansas, someplace. And it was about a woman whose ceramic Jesus uh, that she kept in the front yard, the ceramic Jesus had been stolen uh, by neighborhood ne'er-do-wells. Uh, local, uh, local thugs had stolen her ceramic Jesus because she apparently had uh, some, you know, some, some dogs, and they were the, you know, dachshunds, they were wiener dogs, uh, and she did not clean up after them. I guess that was the sort of rub, is that she didn't clean up after the dogs. So now I'm going to let this, uh, now this is, of course, going to be the day when it uh, when it decides not to, this is going to be the day when it decides not to buffer. So I'm uh, bringing it up right now, uh, and then uh, we will play this here moment. Oh, this is from Oakfield Township in Kent County, okay. or wherever that might be. Okay. That helps me out not at all. <laughs> but um, all right, Sarah, do you have it over there by chance? Because yeah. mine's about a third. Do you have uh -huh. it ready? Um, let me see. No, not buffered, unfortunately. Well, this is one gripping segment after another. That's ah, a Friday. All right, so I'm. It's almost ready here, and so just as a setup. So that is the setup. So the the ceramic Jesus was stolen from her yard because some uh, local uh, whoever were angry she didn't clean up after her dogs, and then they leave a ransom note behind. So. As we play this, presuming you can hear it, I want you to imagine what a low point it must be in whoever this reporter's career is, whoever this guy is, 
you know, because he goes he goes to journalism school. Maybe he gets some sort of advanced degree in something. Maybe he studied. Works the, hard at an unpaid internship. <laughs> he works his way all the way up to being the anchor at whatever the station is. You know, maybe he's got like a some sort of political science degree of some kind. And then this is what he's doing. So here we go. This is him reading the ransom note. Let's uh, let's hope you can hear this. All right, I will play this now. Your mailbox. In the mailbox, a ransom note. The note basically said they were holding Jesus for ransom. The note reads, we are holding Jesus ransom until you clean up the poopy from your wieners and trust us, we see you take your wieners for long walks without picking up their poopy in our yards. This has upset us dearly, so please clean up all the wiener poopy if you want to see Jesus unharmed. Okay, were you able to hear that? I have to hold my hand over my mouth. I cannot stop laughing. That is really awful. Now imagine this guy gets up, he goes to work that day. Hey, what's what's on the docket today, friend? Well, here's your assignment, Bob. Just because it is Friday before you go, let's play that one more time. Jesus for ransom. The note reads, we are holding Jesus ransom until you clean up the poopy from your wieners and trust us, we see you take your wieners for long walks without picking up their poopy in our yards. This has upset us dearly, so please... Clean up all the wiener poopy if you want to see Jesus unharmed. There you go. That's, I mean, really, honestly, how great is that? I am so glad you fixed the audio. Okay. And, and as the tag here, as we go out, we discussed yesterday how something people only do in the films is, uh, is to repeat the last part of a dramatic sentence again. So she does that here at the end when she talks about she thought Jesus would be safe. Hold on. If Jesus isn't harmed. And I thought, my gosh, something like that's going to be safe in your yard. It wasn't. It wasn't. There you go. <laughs> was it worth the wait? Oh, that was definitely worth the wait. Aren't you sad at all? Like fabulous audio clips we've been playing for you that you I haven't know. heard. I know. Jeez, what are we missing, man? Well, that really is the top of the mountain. They're not all that gold, but how could they be? Oh my gosh. All right. Well, let me go. I got a uh, top right. of the hour here. We will talk to you soon. Uh, as always, have a great weekend. Okay, you too. Thank you, Lisa Desjardins. There you go. Fantastic. I hope that she has trouble keeping her composposure uh, on the next <laughs> live shot she does. That was, and it was nice for her to stick around because literally it's like four four seconds to the top of the yeah, hour. Yeah, totally. So, if you want to see Jesus unharmed, and the best part is like the weirdly like the staccato delivery Jesus that he for does ransom. here. The note reads: We are holding Jesus ransom until you clean up the poopy from your wieners, and trust us, we see you take your wieners for long walks without picking up their poopy in our yards. This has upset us dearly, so please clean up all the wiener poopy. If you want to see Jesus unharmed, it's like he doesn't. It is. It's like he's trying. He's, he can't mentally grasp the fact that, that he has to say the sentence. So he's just. So he's like detaching <laughs> himself out, yeah. emotionally. Yeah. That's wonderful. All right. Let's uh, take a break here. Back after this, ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Uh, we'll do a little bit of uh, lost recapping later on. Uh, Scott Daly will be here. Uh, and we'll talk to. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. I keep. I keep wanting to say that it's um. What's his name? The Chad guy. Uh, but it's not. Uh, we will talk to Tom Maxwell from Hell Yeah later on as well. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere.
Yeah. There are some enemies you don't want to make. That's what I'm saying. Totally. Well, the thing about uh, meeting the Asian woman of my dreams, Tim, is that... Where is the Asian woman of your dreams, Rick? Probably still in Asia, according to this ad. But where could you find out more about her? In Gresham. Oh, okay. Are you tired of the high-maintenance American woman dating scene? Sarah, have you ever considered an honest, sincere relationship with an Asian lady but don't know where to begin? No. Come... Come join us at one of our South Sea Connection seminars where we will introduce you to The Alternative. See, you... this isn't a... Can I bleep that? <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Bleeping that right there. I'm sure it's a fine, upstanding business, Tim. Yes. <laughs> um, no, but they, they do say that they are the alternative. Beautiful, slim, unegotistical, uh, caring, non-materialistic, highly educated, monogamous, romantic, loving Asian women. And they they all speak English? The best... That's not necessary for love, no. Sarah. Oh, okay. I'm like, is that wrong? No, because... Do you suppose that's a high premium to the guys I who are uh, a movie. pursuing this? I watched a movie about mail-order brides called, like, Two Brothers and a Bride. You know, they speak English, they can just talk back to you, Sarah. Well, none of them could speak English. Yeah. And they're all these, like, you know, men... Shopping. Sarah, I think as long as they speak the, the international language... Ricky. Love! For the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, there was no love at that Milwaukee sheet metal shop where an ex-guard killed her ex-husband yesterday. We talked about this around noontime. They found a dead body. Randy Lee Chipman was found dead around 1030 at WW Metal Fabrication on Highway 99 in Milwaukee. They have charged Sonia Marie Olness, who's 40, and Glad from Gladstone with one count of murder. The two were separated in the midst of a child custody battle. They also had a history of restraining orders against each other. They also how the man was uh, murdered. He was a line engineer who couldn't his co-workers and loved by all. <laughs> if so, not, not all. Except for her. I was just going to say, loved by all, except. Mm -hmm. uh, so he's dead? Yes. She killed him, they think? Uh, she's uh, been arrested on charges. Does it say, how was he killed? They don't know. Or they're but not it was, saying. At a, it was at a sheet metal plant? Yeah. Well, that sounds unpleasant. Mm -hmm. That sounds like a bad way to go. Well, all right. Uh, jurors had convicted a man from the coup accused of offering four different men money to kill his estranged wife last year. Four different ones. Is this the, it, now, this is a different hitman story than you had yesterday, right? Yeah, this is a different hitman story. So he was trying to offer four different men money to kill who? His wife? Yeah. No, is a strange wife. He's a strange wife. Uh, Dino Constance asked uh, two housemates, <laughs> do Dino a favor. You think, you, you think you a guy named Dino would know somebody? Mm -hmm. Well, apparently he did, and uh, they turned him down. Uh, he faces 47 years in prison for convictions of solicitation to commit murder and solicitation to commit assault. Sentencing is on March 14th. He and his wife were going uh, through a bitter divorce and child custody. So with children involved, it usually gets more violent. Jesus, so this is the second story in a row where it's a whole... Yet another reason not to have kids. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, I'm not trying to make light of divorce, but I mean, you're married to somebody, it all goes bad, whatever. You know, you walk away and da-da-da-da-da. You have kids? Man, it's just one big slugfest. Just becomes a bunch of face-punching. Mm-hmm. Uh, Crews are working with store power in Southeast today. Anybody knows the power's out in Southeast? No. Uh, let's see. Somebody crashed into a utility pole at Southeast Stark and Southeast 162nd earlier this morning. Oh, well, they don't need power there. The car was going out of control. His tire was flat, and it sounded like boom, 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 said the gas station attendant who was working at the time of the crash. So he sped up, and he was coming close, and I thought he was going to ram into a pump, but he ran into a pole instead. 
The driver took off uh, in the car and headed southwest on Stark. Uh, police chased the suspect. When they caught him, they arrested him. It's unclear what uh, he faces. He might have been drunk. The crash left the utility pole leaning on its side and power lines dangling feet above the street. It was uh, like a bunch of sparks, said a passerby, like bzz, 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 like chalky noise. Hey, let me understand this. Are you adding these no, sound effects to the story? I am, yes. Is but this I'm, a I'm different quoting, person who I'm says quoting, bzz, bzz. Yes, these are two different eyewitnesses. So the eyewitnesses, bzz, bzz, bzz. The original boom, boom, boom was from Antonio, a gas station attendant. And uh, the second uh, person who saw it said it sounded like bzz, 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 oh, like right. uh, shocky noises. Okay. Uh, the gas station manager worried the sparks might have ignited gasoline tanks, but it didn't happen. Boy, uh, that's a thing I worry about all the time. Uh, I some, I've seen too many movies, and so whenever I'm pumping gas... I was like, I anticipate that, like, you'll, I've been to gas stations where you're there and, like, some other car will come in, and it seems like they're coming a little too fast or at a weird angle, and you wonder if that's going to be the day when that guy just takes off a gas pump and then the gas just, and then you have to use that huge red, uh, like, shutoff button or whatever that they never reach in time. They never reach it in time, and then it pulls back to a wide shot, and the whole thing just goes up. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Yeah. Hey, so it's you. Um, I'm catching up with the podcast, and yesterday you were talking about exploding bleach bottles yes, from sir. Fred Meyer. Yeah, we had one of those. Uh, it's one of those deals where you have to uh, press down on the cap and then turn it, like many. Uh, like a child safety thing. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, uh, the plastic on the rest of the container is so weak that, like, you press down on it and the whole thing collapses, which adds to the pressure, and then. Yeah, we you know finally got the bottle open, but because of all the pressure, boom! It's like a geyser. Oh man! So a geyser? Did it, you weren't hurt, were you? No, 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 no! I did not have my eye right down next to the uh, cap. Jesus! But if you had, that would have that would have hurt. Yeah, would have. And, and in fact, when I was listening to that yesterday, uh, I was laughing a lot because we actually wrote to the people, and they're like, "Oh yeah, sorry about that." <laughs> uh, hey, am I the fourth caller? No, you're not. But thank you. Oh, this is by the way for 10,000 BC, right? Yes, it is. And that is from the director of Independence Day? Yes. Can, can I call back in less than an hour? Sure. Sure. Well, thank you. Thank you. That was funny. All right. All right, bye. In less than an hour. Thanks so much. Okay. I should have seen that coming. Uh, this email says, Rick, what was the song, that steel guitar thing that you played into the last break? Uh, that was the White Stripes. Uh, I, think it's unti- I think it's actually just called song number three. Uh, from the White Stripes on the uh, Distille, uh record. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's uh, up? I was calling about the guy from WW who was killed. The guy from WW. The, the sheet yeah, metal show. Oh, the sheet metal company. Yeah. Okay. He was shot. Did Really? Is that true? Yeah, she walked in there and uh, asked asked for him by name, and he came out and she shot him. Now, what, how, where did you hear this, sir? From a delivery driver that delivers of the company I work for. So we have, so we don't. So let's be uh, careful. These are, allegations. These are allegations, unproven as of now. Uh, but it is your understanding, based upon uh, uh, yes. what you've heard, that she uh, she showed up, uh, allegedly asked for him, and then allegedly shot him, and then he allegedly died. That is correct. All right. Well, I mean, if somebody that's always send somebody else out to check for you. Who somebody's here for you? Uh, she looks angry. Well, Bob, why don't you go? Why don't you go check? All right. Uh, th- hey, by the way, sir, you are the fourth caller on the air today. Cool. So I'm going to put you on hold. You have won a pair of passes to see 10,000 B.C. next Thursday. Thank you. All right, hold on a second. There you go. Today, every fourth caller that gets on the air, not every fourth caller, every fourth caller that gets on the air uh, will win a pair of passes to 10,000 uh, B.C. Here's Tim Riley.
Uh, tomorrow marks the kickoff of the 35th season of Saturday Market. Colorful tents can be seen from beneath the Burnside Bridge as Oregonians arrive to celebrate the opening weekend. Admission is always free. There's also live entertainment. The market is open from 10 to 5, and also Saturday Market is open Sunday from 11 to 4.30. It's held every uh, Saturday and Sunday from March through Christmas Eve. A man from Spokane, with the help of a local friend, became the first to ski up Mount Hood, and the Daredevil Act was all caught on tape. Uh, Matthias Girard is on cloud nine after making an impressive jump for his life. He uh, cruised the edge of Mississippi Head, shorted the vertical cliff, and soared 253 feet before a parachute glided him safely down into the snow. Uh, base jumping is illegal. And also weird. Uh, where is this from? Mount Hood. Yeah, that's it. those are like those guys that jump off the uh, the like the Empire State Building or the Space Needle or something. Yeah. It just seems like a bad way. I mean, I know everybody needs to get a thrill and so forth. That just seems like an un like an unnerving those extreme thing on every level. Yeah. Uh, uh oh, this is an urban legend. It really happened. Please say ricin. In both bean form and a small vial were found inside a room at a hotel just west of the Vegas Strip. Seven people have been taken to the hospital after the toxic substance was found yesterday afternoon at Extended Stay America. The only extended stay they're going to have is in the hospital. Uh, Joseph Lombard said a man cleaning the room found the pottery substance and brought it to the manager who called police. The hotel was sealed out for everyone's protection. Those who are hospitalized are believed to be doing fine. Lombardo said there was no legitimate reason for this to be found at the, uh, the hotel, but it was. Ricin is very serious. Uh, something small of the size of a head of a pin could be deadly. That's all it takes. It seems like there's an Uncle Ben's joke that I could make here somewhere, but I don't really know how Ricin to do that. Ricin is a toxic substance used only in the medical profession. An individual citizen, other than being involved in cancer research or cancer prevention, uh, would not have any... Uh, legal means or, or proper means of having that. Well, okay. It was discovered by the man cleaning the room. We actually had castor beans, and we also had it in the powder form. Okay, it was a small glass vial. The investigation focuses on a group of hotel employees and one other individual. We have three employees of the Extended Stay America, and we have another uh, citizen at large who has a cursory interest in the apartment. Um, he was cleaning out some items within the apartment, which he discovered and brought it into the management. So where was this at? Extended Stay America. But I mean, where at? It's right off the strip. In Vegas? Yeah. Um, so uh, the thing about that ricin is like, you wonder where would somebody even get that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can just send away for that or sarin gas or something. I w- it's like we were talking about the hitman where I wouldn't even, I wouldn't if I had to have somebody killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, theoretically, I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, I, 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 I honestly would have... I do think about that sometimes when I watch movies. Like, I was watching Crimes and Misdemeanors the other day, which is one of the all-time great Woody Allen films, and where it's Martin Landau has that... Bro- Jerry Orbach is his brother, and his brother is sort of the for the wrong side of the tracks. Like, his brother and... the You know, two brothers are... You know, uh, the one, Martin Landau grew up to be very respectable, but his brother's a hood. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, and of course, his brother knows people who can get folks taken care of. And I think about that sometimes just sort of in my head, which maybe is unhealthy. Maybe that indicates something bad. But I sit there and I'm going to go, well, if I really had to have somebody taken care of, I mean, what would my first call be? Well, it's weird, too, because you have to trust a string of people. Totally. Well, I know somebody who has some shady characters that that they know. And it's like, but do I trust that person enough to ask them to ask the person that I know could do the job? Okay, now let's, now. I know my person. I was just going to, now I was just going to say, uh... I want to ask Tim to take part in this because Tim is from Tannisborn where things like this Should don't happen. No, no, no. I'm, well, maybe in a second. I was just going to say, let's just do a quick little quick little back and forth between you and I. So 
you don't, you don't have to uh, obviously say their name, but uh, you probably shouldn't because we don't want to be sued. Um, but if, well, let me ask you this. I'm just going to go down the list. If tonight you needed to, and I'll give you a list of things, tell me if you, had, if you know somebody with whom you would start. Um, if you had to buy heroin right now, would you know like the first call to make? And and how many degrees away do you think you might be from that? No, but I mean everyone's like two degrees from heroin. So there. you think you're like two, yeah, that's my thing too. Is I don't know anybody, but I know some people that I suspect probably know some yeah. people. All right. Uh, how about this? You need a gun that can't be traced. Oh, that's one degree. Really? You know uh-huh. somebody that could, that you think could supply that? Yeah. I see. Again, I don't think I know anybody that would have that. Boy, this is a weird conversation. But I do. I do. Uh, I know a guy who I'm pretty sure would kn- knows a guy that do, would get that, that would give me a gun. Yeah, yeah. Friend of a friend. I think it'd probably get me. Hi, Tim. Are you glad you're not part of this conversation? I am. I'm just sitting here. <laughs> it's fine. Go- have your say. We live in the rough and tumble southeast, Tim. <laughs> Tim, we do things a little differently in the mean streets of southeast Portland. All right. And then uh, if you uh, okay, let me. Here's another one. Here's a weird one. Okay. Let's say, let's say you had a friend. And uh, for him, you wanted to obtain a lady of the evening. In other words, you were going to give like it like it was his birthday, and you were going to hook him up with a uh, with a fine working girl. How long do you think it would take you to uh, to do that? Oh, that's one degree. So you know, somebody... I don't, I don't know, I don't know a working girl, but I know somebody who has used. Okay, you know someone girl. who was who was patronized. So and I know, I know somebody who could let me know how to get in touch with them. See again, me, I think me too. Actually, I I don't know any working girls. Uh, but I do know a guy who I'm pretty sure uses them from time to time. So, okay. And finally, uh, if there was someone, let's not say killed, if there was someone who maybe was giving you a little trouble and you uh, you wanted somebody to send a message, give them, you know, with a bunch of fives, as they say in Britain, you wanted to have somebody uh, maybe uh, spoken to physically, uh, do you know somebody? How far, and many degrees, do you think you are from being able to have somebody kind of worked over? I I have a band of older brothers. <laughs> that that is true. You pro- that's true. I don't doubt I that for a, band a minute. Of actually, big. That you know, big good friends. That you have a bunch of dudes who would probably go work somebody over mm, if you needed it. I have. Yeah. And see, and that's the thing too. Actually, is I'm pretty sure, and, and and I think a lot of it is you know uh, that. Uh, you and I sort of, you and I know a lot of the same kind of people, mm-hmm. and I do kind of feel the same way. I think I probably have three or four people I could probably call today uh, if somebody needed really needed a, a, a you know a, a fisticuff talking to. And not so much on the girls' side, like, but definitely with a, if there would be a male like dispute. a Yeah, if there was somebody giving me guff that needed a beating, I think I could probably get that handled with mm-hmm. one phone call. All right, interesting. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Well, I was just reading here that lady arm wrestling. Is uh, coming to Portland this weekend. Is that your friend who does that? The B side, yeah. Uh, My friend arm wrestling because people want to hear about that. Oh, I don't know. Do you have the info about the lady arm wrestling? Lady arm wrestling LAW event will be at the B side. Sign up starts at five. Okay, I'm totally arm wrestling Scott Daly when he comes in today. Uh, Calling him out right now. It says here, ladies only. Uh, Single illumination. There is a five dollar entrance fee. Donations accepted. All donations matched by the B side. Total amount matched by fantasy for adults only. Uh, proceeds go to Planned Parenthood. So this is uh, it's and on Sunday. Where is the B side at? The B side. It's right on Seventh uh, and Burnside. All right. Or is it Sixth or Seventh and Burnside? Does it say Tim? I'm looking. Oh here. wait, hold on, hold on. It looks like we might have the B side guy here. Uh, hey, who's this? It's Joel. Hello, oh, sir. Joel. You, you are. Coincidence. That is actually a really weird coincidence that Tim was just talking about your arm wrestling. So this is Chicks arm wrestling. 
Yes, it is Ladies of Arm Wrestling and is seventh in East Burnside. Seven, yeah, you, and now I mean, and it has a super, super rad jukebox. You'd really like it, Rick, and it has a back patio too. Excellent. Uh, and now, and I mean that this is an honest question. Have you guys looked into getting Tanya Harding? That's what I was thinking. Because a, not only maybe as a participant, but maybe just to sort of be, this does seem, uh, you know, and I really do love her. This seems like a thing that that she, this does sort of scream Tanya Harding. She'd probably want us to pay her though. Well, so that yeah. ain't gonna happen. Right. Um, okay. <laughs> on a completely different side note, I once had a dream of having a. Uh, Different B-list celebrities hold uh, my leg and make Christmas cards out of them. I only ever got one. My second one was going to be Tiny Harding. Wait, 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 hold on. You had uh, different B-list celebrities. What with your leg? Pumping my leg and then making Christmas cards out of it. I did it one year. This is your dream yeah. or this is your dream? Like This, this is, is a dream like you had at night or this is a dream like well, uh, like a goal no, like that you I have? I did it once. I, I, in fact, it's on the wall at the bar. Where this I isn't got like an I have a dream. I have a dream. Exactly. <laughs> yes. All right. Excellent. All right. Uh, good luck with the arm wrestling, sir. Thank you. Well, and I had one thing from when I called in last Friday. Yeah. Because you guys were talking about cornhole. Okay. And uh, all week long, I was at the uh, bar and nightclub convention in Las Vegas. And Budweiser actually had a cornhole game set up there. Really? Really. Did, did you play? Yes, I did. Were you good at and cornhole? I made my shots. Um, I believe a friend of mine took a little bit of video, and as soon as I'm not very smart, so... When that gets loaded up on the computer, I'll send it to, well, right. I'll send it to you, sir. I, somebody sent Thank me, you. a Portland Hamburger sent me some pictures of you playing cornhole. Well, that's calling, yeah. We'll get it posted, sir. Awesome. It's wonderful. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Thank you. That's Joel. <laughs> All right, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. In touch with the community, this is AM 970. Seriously, I mean, how weird you know, is that? And it's funny because you know, you know how you know people in life and you hear them talk on the show. Like, that's not at all how Joel, Joel's like a really smart, well-spoken guy. And, and here like, he's talking about cornhole. I know. I'm like, this is, doesn't even sound like And that, that really is, uh, again, that would be all about how great we are, but how uh, that is kind of great. You were just talking about the armor listening thing, and like right there, there's you the bet. guy. Coincidentally. You know why, Tim? This is where movers and shakers come to be heard. So how yes. many phone calls has that been now? Two since the last time? Uh, I don't know. Richie's keeping track of it. Uh, somebody asked me. This is actually pretty funny because, you know, every uh, fourth call gets on the air is uh, winning something. And don't be like uh, – this is the other thing. I, I did have this sort of – I was thinking this through, and I thought – well, if it's like every fourth call that gets on the air is winning movie passes, I thought, is that going to mean that no one is ever going to call the show today because they're all going to be waiting for three three people to call in first? Yeah. And here's the thing. That's not going to work because if you just sit out there and wait uh, for three people to call in, we don't necessarily take the calls in the order that they arrive on the board. Uh, you will be the ones who suffer. That's the not thing. us. <laughs> don't get off my nose. That's totally, you'll be out the tickets. I got my tickets right here. Um, you will be the one punished. You will be sitting at home alone, crying into your Cheetos. So uh, we don't necessarily take the calls in the order they're received. You know the thing is, your call will be taken in the order it is received. Not here. Your call will be taken almost randomly. Uh, and because we're also on a 40-second delay, we can actually burn through two, three calls before you even hear them on the air. So And we'll do it. So if that, so if that's your plan is just to wait out there in the tall grass, wait in the weeds until you hear three and then call in, uh, abandon that strategy now. This guy says, though... He says, Rick, how are you of all going to pe- uh, of all people going to keep track of every fourth caller? Have you even thought through the logistics of your plan? Richie's doing it so I don't have to. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Who saw Janet Jackson on Larry King last night? I saw the little YouTube uh, thing. It was pretty incredible. It's embarrassing. It, it was so bad. Uh, Janet Jackson is weighing in on Amy Winehouse's uh, domination of the Grammy Awards despite rumors there were rampant drug use. Rumors. Uh, the baby of the Jackson family caused the situation to catch 22 and admits she hasn't quite chosen the side in this yet. 
it's hard for me because I am so against drugs and that whole thing. But at the same time, that's kind of what this feel is about. It's like drug, sex, and rock and roll. But I think she has a wonderful album. But it's, it's unfortunate that she, she's, she has this addiction. And hopefully, you know, things will work out for the better. Now, do you have uh, any of the sound from her, from her teaching them how to dance? No, they didn't. They didn't release any of that. Okay, I've got a little bit of it over here. Uh, now this is uh, as blah 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 blah. This thread is useless without pics. Blah 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 blah. So I know this is video, but I will. Uh, I can send you the link if you want to put it on Riley Live, Tim. Sure. Um, okay, so. Let's... Okay, Janet. Tell me a trick. Should I show you a do trick? You want... No, do something. So first of all, Larry King's got that. I said like scoliosis or thing where his head juts out like six inches in front of his body. When is the last time you saw a profile shot of Larry King, Tim? Like from the side. I've only like seen the top of him in suspenders. Okay, come check this out. You you really should see uh, Larry. Does he have a, a rest of a body? Yeah. Okay, Janet. Tell me. So. Show you a First of all, he's amazingly slender from the waist down, almost atrophied, one might say. Yes, that's true. They might just be metal legs under there. I mean, we really don't know that he actually has a body. They may have forgotten to put all the parts back in. <laughs> because we were looking at that picture of C. Thomas Howell earlier. Oh, man. And he lost uh, three feet of intestines, it said. <laughs> They're not lost. Where, where where did, they're around somewhere. They're in a bucket with Larry King's lower body. So, all right. Who's the one but, supposed to show you? Okay, go. So his head sticks out all weirdly. And you're gonna push out that way, but let me get away from you. Don't hit me. I don't know what I'm doing. You're gonna take this arm and you're gonna bring it like that. You're gonna do that. You're gonna move this leg out. Siri, you know what it looks like? Can I just tell you this? I don't mean to poke fun. Uh, my father-in-law uh, had. Uh, I don't think it was, you know, it was like stroke-like, stroke-like symptoms they tried to peddle it off as. But my father-in-law basically had a stroke some time back. And um, I, we would go to visit him at the hospital. And so my wife and I would go down there. We would visit my, uh, my father-in-law at the rehabilitation center. And, the, you know, it's where your muscles atrophy, and he was kind of messed up to begin with. But they do that thing where they, like, the nurse comes in, and she picks up your arm, and they basically just manipulate your limbs as, as though you are moving just to get your muscles ready. And she's like, okay, John, we're going to pick up your arm. All right, now we're going to extend, and she like extends the arm, waggles it up and down a little bit, puts it back. That's exactly what it looks like Janet Jackson is doing to Larry King. You're going to move it out that way. Oh, God, now he's like he's like tilting his hips all sexually. No. At the same time, why are you watching Okay. Here's my little prediction right now. You can see this, by the way. I'll send you the link right now, Tim. No, no. What did he call himself? Relax this way. Hold on, he didn't. Relax this way. He... Okay, Janet. Tell me what about heaven here. I keep missing. He said something about. He said something about a Jew. Jew. Well, he—that's one of his go-to things. Like, did what did he? What did he say the other day? Oh, it was when it was when Snoop Dogg was teaching about. Has somebody, wait, hold on a minute. Has there been a memo? Because remember, like two weeks ago, Snoop was teaching him how to rap. Uh huh. And now Maybe Janet Jackson whole, is teaching him how to dance. The whole hip-hop community is like, let's all get on Larry King and try and teach him to do something Maybe it's different. a gag. Like, maybe it it's a practical totally joke. Is. Is the hip-hop community trying to, they're trying to punk Larry King? Because Snoop was trying to teach him how to rap, and then wouldn't join it, and Larry King said, as always, sticking it to the Jew, which was, like, hilarious. Um, hold on. How much more are you going to play? <laughs> the struggling Jew. The struggling Jew. 
That's Larry King's new nickname. Wait, wait. No, no, put this, relax this and show you a training. This one across your Okay. Here's the thing. Are you posting this, Tim? Yeah, I'm about to. All right. I'm going to make a prediction right now. You know how sometimes there will be a mashup uh, where... Uh, oh, You're going to take this arm... There'll be a little bit, you know, a mashup where they take some audio and then they put video over the top of it. Someone's going to do the opposite with this. They're going to put like a dance song underneath this and they're going to edit the video to make it look like he's really dancing. Like walk like an Egyptian style. You mark my words. There'll be a video mashup of this where they're having Larry King dancing to some song but using this raw video. That is my prediction. I stand by it. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth, the struggling Jew. Hey, Janet, tell me a trick. Show, show, you show a me trick. a trick, baby. No, do some. I'm supposed to show you. Okay, go. Okay. Put the hand across here. And you're going to push out that way. But let me get it's really funny, too, that it, he refers to dancing as a trick. <laughs> like it's like, show me your magic trick. <laughs> like, it, like, it's, like it's a goof. Like she's somehow faking it. Show me, uh, show me a trick. The toots. So she says she tries to encourage her brothers to go on a reunion tour. I have conference calls all the time, pushing them to, to do a huge tour. I told them if they did, I, I would love to, to open for them. I mean, I've never opened for anyone. My very first tour, I was a headliner, the Rhythm Nation tour. So I've never opened for anyone, but I, it would be an honor. Uh huh. She sounds like she really didn't want to be there. Well, no. Larry mm -hmm. King. Well, she's just, you know, they're making her do it. And, you know, the thing is, don't you think it probably kind of sucks to be Janet Jackson in some way? Because you could just come up with that whole nutty family and Michael, and that's all they want to talk about. Mm -hmm. Is is that your crazy family and Michael Jackson and kids and Neverland and his weird bleachy face and his clown nose falling off. <laughs> and that's all. And she's, you know, for better, I mean, she's, you know, a musician and she wants to talk about her music. But it's never about the music with them. It, I mean, it really is. It's hard to feel sorry for anybody who's, like, fantastically wealthy and famous and whatever. But, but I mean, it's, it does have to it suck in some level. But they never, ever want to talk about her new record. They always want to talk about her nutcase brother. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that family is just such a weird... You know, don't you want to see... Don't you want to read, like, a tell-all about them? The way that Carlin wrote that one about Brian Wilson, you know, or, you know, any of those famous music families where there's, you know, the, the dirt finally comes out. Don't you, wouldn't you love to know just the ins, the actual, real, honest-to-God inside story of the Jackson family? Not just when they went to the Jackson 5, but, I mean, all the way till now. Because remember when, you remember when Jermaine and Michael were having that big spat a couple years ago? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, okay, and also this. Can I tell you this? You know who I saw with some hot girl the other day? Tito Jackson. I saw Tito. Tito. Ew. Which one is he? He's the uh, the one that nobody. He's the one that you don't recognize. He's the forgotten one. He's yeah. He's the shemp. He's the zeppo of the Jackson family. I saw Tito Jackson the other day. It was on TMZ. Uh, and I mean he he's he really is the the zeppo because he's he's a punchline. Blah 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 blah. Tito Jackson. <laughs> like if you're a dumb a hack guy or me, you just say Tito Jackson because it's funny. He was with, like, the most stunningly gorgeous woman. And he's Tito Jackson. I mean, really, I, let me ask you this. Where does Tito Jackson's money even come from? That's a guy with no visible means of support. Name me a Tito. Sing me a Tito Jackson song, anybody. Oh, that is true. That, uh, what, Maybe he still gets an allowance. Well, do you think Michael takes care of it? Well, he, Michael obviously can't. He doesn't have any money. He's $24 million in the hole. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so Tito Jackson was some hottest balls woman the other day. He's all very No, oh, embedding disabled by request. Embedding disabled, really? Mm-hmm. Can't do it. Sorry. So, is that the... Okay, but you can uh, but you can just link directly to it. I suppose link. I could do that. Yeah. You can just do the direct link. 
All right. Ow. 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 Sorry. Ow. <laughs> Sorry, I tripped on a stool. All right. Uh, let's do one more, and then we'll do a couple calls, then we'll break. Uh, Britain's Prince Harry will be withdrawn, probably already has been, from Afghanistan, where he was secretly fighting on the front lines. Uh, the 23-year-old tells the Today Show that this indeed was a humbling experience. I don't think there's any words to sort of describe it. It's much better than being out here, experiencing it, rather than hearing all the stories of people coming back. He just wanted to be a normal bloke. You do the job. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's the same. Everyone's life is as important as everybody else's. His older brother is confident that Harry knows what he's doing. I've got full confidence in, in what he does. You know, he knows what he's doing, and he's very good at what his job is. One story said he killed 30 Taliban single-handedly. Really? Was Jessica Lynch there when he did it? Maybe. Yeah. All right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Hey, Rick, this is Randy. I'm here in, uh, in Vegas. Randy in Las Vegas. Hello, sir. How are you? Yes, I I just want all my fans to know that I'm, I'm fine. You're many fans. It, was, it wasn't me. Um, no, uh, I think the pun, the joke you're looking for, and you may have made this joke and I might have missed it, uh, they they use, uh, uh, what do you call these, castor beans to extract, extract the ricin. So you're looking for... Rice and beans. Rice and beans. Hello. Is this on? Hey, Rick, uh, oh, one last thing. Yes. Uh, and I know you're excited this is the last thing. Now, uh, did you know that all the Air America personalities went on a cruise this week? Oh, all the Air America personalities, really? Do they even need a... Really? Can't they all kind of fit in a dinghy at this point? I was thinking, I was thinking you know, they could... Be Imagine like, being trapped in a boat with Randy Rhodes. <laughs> Uh, Imagine being, I mean, look, let's be, if you're in a building with Randy Rhodes, you can always run for the street and pray that a bus hits you. If, well, imagine being trapped at sea, knowing that your choices are to jump overboard and swim and be killed by sharks, or to stay trapped on a boat with that hideous voice. Jesus. Well, what's their, their morning guy whose name I can't remember who's in Portland? Anyway, it doesn't matter. No one listens to him. But uh, they have, uh, have substituting for him an even more annoying uh, British chick, and... Uh, that's the worst thing I've ever heard, man. Uh, I was hoping for like a big uh, Poseidon adventure type of tidal wave to well, take care of all at once. Too bad Franken had to leave the network. You know what I'm saying? Well, they were, were getting they, progressively border. Yes, they were. Uh, yeah, they were. Yeah, they were a. Uh, yeah, they were uh, hoping for a network that didn't go bankrupt every three months, but that didn't happen either. All right, uh, Randy in Vegas. There you go. I don't know. There's been vote fraud in Ohio, and uh, the ball they they won't open the voting machine. I just don't know. I uh, I just it's uh, uh it, all right. Uh, John in Fresno. Uh, hello, you're on. No, I just don't want to take this call. No, I just people they've got to know that there is a conspiracy happening. God, and it's it's just like with every passing minute, if you just feel your ears being worn away. God damn. All right. Uh, it's a very bad use for this medium. Well, it really is. It really is. Of all the things it can be used for, I mean, it was, might as well, it'd be better off just being used to sell vacuum cleaners on you a know, continuous loop. Do you know what, you know what Air America's like? It's like having, um, it's like one of those satellite channels, you know, which are all specific, where it's all like, uh, it's like all samba music or something. Mm -hmm. Except in Air America, it's just the sound of a radial saw going through Formica. You know what I mean? That's, that's that whole, especially in the afternoon. That's that whole network. You you tune on Air America. It just needs a little more time to catch on. <laughs> People no, are clamoring for these discussions. <laughs> Please the don't catch these. Can do it, so can the Democrats. Look, everybody in Air to all Air America staff, read. Paul Magala says this will work. <laughs> Please don't cash your paychecks until next Wednesday. Please. Please, we beg of you. Don't cash your paychecks today. 
And old and people whose names begin with A through L may cash their paychecks next Wednesday. Air America employees whose uh, names be M through Z may cash their checks on Friday. Uh, uh, but it really, it's like you just tune in. Well, I'll see what's over. And you just have to tune away. That's the entire thing. All right. Um, are we taking a break? It's not my program. <laughs> Touche, Tim Riley. Touche. Back after this, more of Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth with your noon news hour. More of your phone calls uh, later on. Steve Kastenbaum coming up. Say there's the Rick Emerson Show. Today, Tim. I know everyone was so disappointed yesterday that it wasn't as bad as the time before. <laughs> Susan I Reynolds thought it was worse. Voice. We thought it was better. Susan was the one who thought it was worse. Um, but uh, also, so we were talking about that Japanese uh, gum that brushes your teeth. And somebody called in and said they sell it at that Uajamaya store. Uh, a listener dropped some off yesterday. She didn't identify herself. Uh, I knew oh, it was. Do you have it down here? Uh, it's up in my office. I'll get it in the next break. Uh, I, I, uh, I I thought it might have been a guy, but then it came in like a little like a little gift bag, and so I knew it was a woman. She didn't identify herself. Some woman with pink hair, Dave said. So some pink-haired lady uh, dropped off uh, uh, some of that toothpaste gum. Uh, also some of the black black, which is caffeine uh, caffeine caffeine gum, caffeinated. So uh, y'all get awesome. so, so now see now you you need never brush your teeth again, Sarah. Here's Tim Riley. So off to Texas we go, where John McCain has brought his campaign. He made an appearance at Texas Instruments in Richardson and uh, talked about taxes. And because he has different answers on the war every time this time, he will not withdraw from Iraq. And if we want to set a date for withdrawal, my friends, that's a date for surrender. That's the day that al-Qaeda declares victory. He thinks that that's what this election is about. Staying in Iraq. Those who say we're going to stay in Iraq will win this election. See his handlers. And we'll find out. Because that's what Americans want. Americans just want this war to go on forever and ever. I'm tired of having I'm tired of having surplus money. Mm. Tired of having all of our friends and family home from Iraq. Mm. Tired I'm tired of being able to divert our national resources to other things. Jesus. I mean I, you do wonder who's telling him that, or maybe that's just his. Maybe it's the opposite, though. Maybe McCain is just convinced that that's what Americans want, and he and no one can change his mind. Right. I mean, he. I mean, he is a. You know, he was a military man. Maybe he's just convinced that war is the answer. So, war is always the answer, of course. Obama told his supporters he will not use terrorism as a fear-mongering tactic to get more votes. I will never see the threat of terrorism as a way to scare up votes, because it's a threat that should rally the country around our common enemies. And Texas, well, particularly Dallas, is the uh, the city that killed JFK. Basically, that's all it's all about. Is that what is that the sign says as you're driving in? <laughs> Instead of, like, city of industry or something, city that killed JFK. Enjoy your stay. Well, the grassy knoll is lit up 24 hours a day. Is that true? Yeah, it's like a monument there. You've been to the grassy knoll? I have. Did you? Did you? Let me ask you this. I have to. When you went to the grassy knoll, did you sort of, like... What am I trying to say? Did you did you sort of like simulate as though you were the shooter, like how it might have worked? No, I was very quiet. You didn't? Okay, I'm just saying. And I can see it from my hotel room. I'm not trying to mock the event. I'm just saying it has become 
uh, such a huge thing in America to, was there one shooter, was there a man on the grassy knoll, were there three shooters, How was it possible for someone there to have actually been the sniper? So I think if I went there, I might almost have to sort of like play it out just for my, just to see in my own head if it would have worked. We can all go there and try it. Let's, let's do it. That'll be our next listener party. Live from the grassy knoll. <laughs> oh, boy. From inside the grassy knoll of your mind. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, here's Tim Riley. And an uncomfortable segue. The government, <laughs> the government killed JFK. Is up for auction. Oh, wow. Oh, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I was trying to steer you away from that, but <laughs> I there's no way to turn back now. I would led me in that direction. I wouldn't be steered. Oh. oh. What have you done to me now? <laughs> yes, the gun that was used to kill JFK is up for auction along with the hat of the Wicked Witch of the West. Maybe I should have started. The hat of the Wicked Witch of the West and the gun that killed JFK are up for auction. How did those two things end up at an auction I together? I don't know. They're together. They've been collected over the past 25 years by a South Florida developer. This is part of his collection. It also includes the whip and the Holy Grail from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Wait, wait let's pick the thing that doesn't belong. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> Seriously. Here's a, gun, here's a gun from the JFK assassination. Mm. Also some Indiana Jones stuff and a Wicked Witch hat. Oh, this gun was used to kill Jack Ruby. Oh, so, uh, no. Yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. Allegedly. Allegedly. Wait, no, that's not There were so many killings in a short period of time. <laughs> who, who, who really knows? You, didn't, you really do need a scorecard for that 18-month period in American history. Right. Jesus. All right. So the gun that Jack Ruby cu- uh, used to kill Lee Harvey Oswald. Correct. Who was a patsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, is on is up for auction. Yes, along with the hat of the Wicked Witch of the West and Indiana Jones memorabilia. Now, were there, was there more than one Wicked Witch of the West hat? I don't think so. So it's the hat. The hat worn by the witch. Interesting. When she melts, mm-hmm. once there's in a pile of goo at the bottom. Interesting. Okay. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> oh, there's a Maltese falcon resin statuette. Oh, Ooh, now that's could that cool. be dangerous? Uh, that is really cool, actually. It, it, Does it say it how much, uh, like the starting bids, or is it... I'm looking here. Because uh, it's not for sale as such. It's an auction, it's so an there's auction. No, I guess there's no telling. I don't see the starting bids. Oh, man, our, our friend Patrick would totally go nuts for that Maltese Falcon thing. Also up for grabs is the jacket worn by John Lennon in the Imagine video. The wedding dress worn by Madonna in her Like a Virgin video. <gasps> really? A Ooh. Superman costume worn by Christopher Reeve and an Andy Warhol paintbrush. That's a, kind of a downer. So which would you want out of all those items? I was just thinking that, actually. Okay, so let's list them off again. There's the Indiana Jones whip and what? And the Holy Grail? The Holy yeah. Grail. That's pretty cool, but it's from Last Crusade, so it loses points there. Oh, I mean, I like, like you can't say that. No, 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 I love Last Crusade. I'm just saying it's not as cool as buying one from Raiders. That's all I'm saying. I mean, but it's still an Indiana Jones thing. No, I love Last Crusade. No, Aaron and I fight about this all the time because he believes Temple of Doom to be better than Last Crusade, and so da 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 But I'm saying... In, in placing into the hierarchy, I have to factor in that it's not from Raiders. It's from it's from a sequel. Uh, so, Indiana Jones Whip and Cup. Uh, the Colt Cobra revolver used by Jack Ruby to kill Oswald. That's pretty cool. The I'm initials a... of the detectives who handled the gun are scratched on it for some reason. Okay, the Wicked Witch of the West hat. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else do we have? John Lennon's Imagine Jacket. That's pretty damn cool. Oh, also the video. That, oh, there's a second hat. The hat that Jack Ruby was wearing. Mm-hmm. So, if you don't get the Wicked Witch hat, you can get the Jack Ruby hat. Okay, the John, so given a choice. The John Lennon coat and what else? The Jack Ruby hat. The Wicked Witch's hat. The Holy Grail. Uh, what else here? The wedding dress worn by Madonna. Oh, and now it went, the wedding dress worn by Madonna in the video or at the MTV Music Awards? It said the video. 
Okay, because that one she wore and rolled around it on stage. That's the one I'd want to bid on because yeah. I'm creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, boy, I don't know. I think I might have to go for the Indiana Jones thing regardless. I think I don't. I think oh. I might go for the Grail actually. As Listen to this. The, whip. the tag tied to Oswald's dead toe. Oh, I totally get that. Arching up and a lock of his hair. Ooh, that's creepy. Yeah, but I, but again, I own some Ozzy Osbourne gum, and I do have that sealed thing upstairs that has some of Pink's hair in it. Um. Oh, a badge that belonged to J. Edgar Hoover and a wig. Well, also also worn Hoover. by J. Edgar Hoover. But originally worn by <laughs> Elizabeth <laughs> Taylor and Cleopatra. Who knows? <laughs> and we have this string of lovely pearls worn by J. Edgar Hoover on Saturdays. <laughs> um, anywho, boy, I don't know. And then the leather jacket worn by Brandon Lee when he was accidentally shot and killed while filming The Crow. You know, some of this stuff is so morbid, but I just you can't deny the appeal of it. Yeah. You know, like that lock of Lee Harvey Oswald's hair. Mm-hmm. You know, Charles Manson, uh, for a while, they stopped him from doing it. But for a while, Charles Manson, uh, was uh, he was like uh, selling locks of his hair. Uh, you know who owns a thing made of... Tra- you know John Waters, the film director? Mm-hmm. He made Pink Flamingos and Serial Mom and Hairspray. He has in his... Okay, this is John Waters who owns this. And he owns it as a piece of kitsch, because you'll know John Waters has a very dark bleak, uh, weird sense of humor. So, uh, you know, John Waters is not a Nazi. Um, but in hanging in his living room for a long time, and I was still there, was a swastika made out of Charles Manson's hair. Which, again, that's John Waters, not me. And people would ask him, what's up with that? And he goes, well, come on, how can you not? And it was like, it was like somebody had given it to him. It had been a, and how weird is John Waters that somebody thought of him? Hey, uh, Mr. Waters, I got this swastika made out of Charles Manson's hair. And he's like, I'll hang it up now. And he was just like, it's so great. It works so well with that guy. I think I'm going to have to go with the Indiana Jones Grail, though. I, is it, I, it must be the real one, too, the wooden one yeah. that, that they use to heal uh, Sean Connery. Yeah, I go with that. You? Hmm. The Wicked Witch had to be cool, though. I'd like that one, too. Or Jack Ruby's hat. Probably too big for me, though. Yeah, the Jack Ruby hat. I might go with that Jack Ruby handgun. Sarah? I think I would still go with the Grail. The Grail is really cool. The Grail is really cool. I would. I think that's something that I that I could transport with me for the rest of my life. And that would impress that... people left and right. Absolutely. Because it, it doesn't require a lot of backstory. You know, some of those you have to kind of go. Well, Jack Ruby was this guy who whatever and blah blah blah. And the hair is kind of creepy and, and you whatever. Have parties where you could reenact that scene. And you could drink from the Grail. Uh huh. That is okay. That's it. I would totally do the Grail just so I could have people drink from it at my home. Just like with a big, like a just dipping it into a huge thing of whatever. That's a great. Okay, wonderful. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick, it's Greg. What's up? Hey, uh, I hope you and Sarah are enjoying your Kiss toothbrushes. Uh, oh, I, I, I use mine this morning. I use mine every day, sir. Right on, cool. Um, I wanted to uh, thank you guys for talking about um, Arrested Development. I'd never seen it. I'm about halfway through the series, and um, last night it was one of those things where. I was half asleep, but something just caught me as hilarious, and all I could see is Job turning a $100 bill into 100 pennies repeatedly, yeah. and and, uh, and then the, the blue company just being amazed, and Michael commenting, well, Job, so far you've lost the company $99, <laughs> and uh, and uh, we're just, my wife and I are just having a great time watching that show. It really is, uh, and this, I guess, goes without saying at this point, but it doesn't go without saying, so I'll say it again. It is one of the great shows of all time. It really is. Uh, it is uh, uh, unfairly and unjustly canceled, but much loved, much remembered. So, uh, and every time you watch Arrested Development, you do you see something new, you know? Yeah, 
I'm definitely probably going to you know buy it when we're we're, we're renting them right now, but I think I'm going to buy it. And uh, also, I was just going to say, as far as the uh, the recap goes, ten yeah. to eleven, I'm loving that because uh, you know as a delivery driver, I'm hopping in and out of the truck, but I can I can catch up. And besides, even if I heard it before, uh, a recap of your show is better than anything else on the radio. Because thank you, sir. Who, who doesn't want two days of Jim Neighbors talk? Well, no, that's and as Tim noted, we you know there's. Tim especially comes with many great lines that are wasted because they're only used once. And radio is a tran Richie, look at your screen, please. Uh, no, it's a transitory medium, uh, and so we say things once, uh, and then they are just uh, they're just sort of gone. They go into outer space. Yeah, they're just gone forever. Like I love Lucy rerun. Yeah. So, um, all right, excellent. Uh, yes. Thanks, Rick. Thank you, my friend. Bye. All right, there you go. That's that guy. One more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, what's going on, you guys? What's How up? you doing? Hey, what do you got, brother? Hey, uh, well. Uh, you guys are all fans of uh, Arrested Development. I was wondering if you guys uh, ever got into David Cross's Mr. Show. Um, I had a friend. My roommate was really in, uh, my roommate when I lived in uh, um, uh, Utah, when I lived at the House of Dudes. Uh, my roommate, Kurt, was a huge fan of Mr. Show. And, right. I, and I just didn't, uh, it, it didn't really click with me, but that was him and Bob Odenkirk, right? Exactly. Yeah, I think I maybe need to go back and watch that again. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, really funny show. I mean, I mean there's a lot of funny you know, skits and situations they have on that, a lot of unusual kind of bits. I also had one other question, though. Yeah. Um, so how does a person who's born on Leap Day celebrate their birthday? Well, on the 28th, I would imagine. Or, or, or the 1st of, of March. Anybody know, Tim? I, I knew a guy in um, college that I crushed on named Chad who was a Leap Year baby. And, and so, so he, just, he, would, he would celebrate it either day. Like, he, you'd do it either the 28th or the 1st. You yeah. could celebrate it both days. That's, that's true. Yeah, that's true. You could make it a two-day birthday. I think that's what I would do. I would I'd drag it out. Yeah. Oh, and uh, Rick. By the way, the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald toe tag, definitely. No, that that I see. That's exactly the kind of thing that I would go for. I mean, really, I know me. I'm not going to pretend to be less creepy than I am. That's exactly. Uh, pardon me. That's exactly the kind of thing that I would pick up. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would be very very awesome. Like party trick really i mean it really is like one of a kind how many people can say that they own the toe tag of lee harvey oswald i mean yeah. exactly one so i mean and that's a you know and that's a you know you hang that on hang that above your uh hang that above your uh whatever your uh your thing hang it in the office uh all right sir you want a pair of passes to see 10,000 bc next thursday thank you sir i'm gonna put Appreciate you on hold richie get your information thank you sir all right here's tim riley in kcmd portland well, they're known as Leaplings, people born on February 29th during a leap year. And this year, they're counting big. Marianne Brown of Anthony, New Mexico, is a so-called leaper. You see, she's 19 years old, even though she was born in 1932. It's the fountain of youth. It's the fountain Sounds of like youth. I, have, I will have my 19th birthday, 29th of February. I bet she never gets tired of telling those jokes. She either. likes her special day. Well, my birthday is February 29th, and of course it's the day that comes only once every four years. And uh, you're at the bottom of a lake. We enjoy it. Have that birthday. Okay. Well, all right. I don't want to be mean to old people. No, they're very mean back. They'll shoot you. All right. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi there. How y'all doing? We're uh, we're fine, Hello. sir. What's up? Oh, no much. Hey, uh, quick observation. I, I read that there was the gun that killed Lee Harvey Oswald, not the gun that killed Kennedy. Yeah, no, it's, it's the gun that, yeah, we clear, yeah, it is the, the gun that Jack Ruby used to kill Lee Harvey Oswald. You got it. And you know what? The whole conversation about Endor yesterday, 
screwed my brain. I went on Wikipedia, and that even messed it up even worse. Well, you go on Wikipedia, they give you three different answers. Here's the thing. It's because it's a bastion of liberalism, sir. The, uh, here, the, the, what we discovered, and there was somebody who said they were bitching about uh, Jeopardy because uh, the question was this, oh, yeah. uh, whatever. It was the whole conversation yeah. yesterday. But, yeah, but, I was but, on hold for 20 minutes with you guys, and they ended the show with me on hold. I'm sorry. No, it's quite all right. I'm glad to be on hold with you guys any day. Thank you. Um, the only reason why I hung out for 20 minutes to actually stay on hold was to thank Sarah for the Grimaldi's Pizza joint for my New York trip last week. Oh. I, I ate three-quarters of that damn pizza myself. That's the uh, one under the Brooklyn Bridge? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. How cool did you beat the line before it was like? Oh, dude, that the line is insane. Well, it was it was uh we were probably thirty people deep in line, but we were like the only pair, so we got in in like five minutes. Oh, that's awesome. Cool. Yeah, that was the thing with my wife and I too is that uh, if you're a couple there, uh, it was actually a little, e little easier to get in because a lot of it was singles or groups. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great. It's amazing too because. I mean, I know I sound like a touristy tool, but what are you going to do? You're there standing outside, and, like, the Brooklyn Bridge is, like, above you. It's insane. I mean, it's right there. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it's just it's huge. So, um, yeah, and it's a fine pizza, too. Uh, Grimaldi's is not a bad oh, pizza so at all. Good. Yeah. Yeah, um, it was good. Uh, by anyway, the way, you just, uh, 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 before you go, though, just by the way, I wanted to talk about your other New York pizza place. No. Oh. No, Caddy much? No, every time I say Grimaldi, he's like, no, no, you've got to go to this other he's place. He's already back. What would be the point? Okay. Um, no, no, no. I was going to recap now uh, the uh, the Endor. That was enough chat <laughs> comments from you. <laughs> I'm just saying. One was enough. Like I open my mouth and you're sort of, yeah. No, because um, every time it, okay, whatever. The, uh, the Endor conversation yesterday, just to recap, though. Uh, so somebody told us that, and I have no way of knowing this is true because really I didn't like care enough to investigate, that Endor is both the planet and the moon. That that is what I'm kind of getting from uh, Wikipedia. They said in one sentence that the the fourth moon of of Endor is the moon of Endor, the gaseous planet. In the next sentence down, it says the Ewoks are from their home world is Endor. Well, how the heck did they get off the gas planet if they're those little? And how can you? I mean, and you can't live on a gaseous planet. Isn't, yeah, isn't that a planet yeah. that's just like a big floating orb of? Well, and then in another sentence it said, the moon of Endor goes by the moon of Endor, uh, the forest moon, or simply as Endor. So, you know, that, that just confused me even further. Yeah, I'm really. Gonna have to... I think this is one of those things, this is like the star dates in the original Star Trek series where they were just making everything up, and now fanboys are trying to retrofit it with logic. Well, and, you know, I actually called yesterday because I, I'm even a bigger dork and remember the uh, Ewok Adventure, and the second installment of the Ewok Adventure was the Ewok Adventure Battle for Endor. Oh, so yeah, yeah. That's, that's, what, that's what made me call, because I was like, well, you know, what about the Ewok Adventure? But by that's, the not, that's not purest Star Wars, so. No, uh, by the way, where was, I think we were talking about, uh, I think we were talking about Australia, where uh, the Ewok movie uh, was actually a theatrical release. Oh, my God. Yeah, so be glad you're not Australian, sir. That's that's absolutely true. Thank you, my friend. Glad you enjoyed you the pizza. Right, yeah, have there. a good one. Thank Bye. you. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. A Southern Oregon woman has survived the second cut in this year's American Idol program. Viewers chose 24-year-old Christy Lee Cook of Selma to be among the 16 for the next round of competition for the record contract. Cook and the other idol, hopefuls, are rated by a trio of judges, but their fate is determined by fan voting through telephones. The results Thursday booted two men and two women. Oh, by the way, so uh, we don't watch American Idol here, nor shall we, but my wife is in, uh, is in lovely Provo, Utah right now with her family, 
And, of course, her mom, uh, when she's not busy watching Fox News, which is the only place you can get real information, <laughs> her mom watches American Idol. And, you know, and the thing is, an American Idol. Fox News and American Idol. That's all it is in that house. That's all. And she's one of those, and I'm not trying to, look, I love my television. Don't get me wrong, I watch a lot of TV. But I'm not trying to make myself sound more discriminating than I am, but... I watch a lot of TV, but it's all stuff that I want to watch. I'll go home and I watch Dexter. Then I'll watch The Wire. Then I watch Mad Men. Then I watch, you know, uh, the political debate. And then I watch whatever. Her mom is one of those. She turns it on in the morning, though, and it just runs all day mm-hmm. in the background. And it runs all day on Fox. And my wife, who's like a bigger, like a bigger bleeding heart than I am, is just trapped in this horrible hell house in Provo with this, uh, you know, this really strict Mormon family, Fox News blaring all day in the background. Martial music playing from orchestra. Yeah, her mom making just all kinds of horrible... Uh, and no uh, coffee, right? No coffee, no booze. Oh, yeah. Of any kind. That's the worst thing for my wife, is you can't get any booze. Oh, because um, of all the airport regulations, you can't... Because I used to just bring, like, a like a bottle of vodka with me to New York. Not anymore. No, and she doesn't smoke, thankfully, but, yeah, she can't, uh, yeah, she can't drink, can't have coffee. Unless she sneaks out of the house, but then you got to worry about coming back, and your mom smells booze on your breath, and then it's a whole lot of like we got to get you to a bishop. Um, so it, it's just it's like living hell. But then she, her mom watches American Idol, and as we, you know, American Idol is on like three out of the five nights in the week. I mean, it's three different nights a week, and so she's just obliged to sit there while her mom. Uh, he just watches America, and her mom is all this like texting and voting, and it's a whole lot. Who should we vote for, honey? And you know, it's just just awful. Just the just the worst. And uh, oh, this is the other thing her mom watches. Her mom watches Fox News, American Idol, and then all of those uh, Judge whatever shows, like Judge Judy and Judge mm-hmm. Joe Brown and Judge whatever. Um, always with uh, and my in-laws are not the most open-minded people, so always with. Many, apparently many, many, many observations about um, uh, the uh, racial background of especially couples on that uh, on that program. So uh, apparently uh, my mother-in-law, whenever there is a a, cu- a mixed race couple oh, on the judge shows, apparently that just strikes some sort of button inside my mother-in-law. She's, she's full of all kinds of fun sociological observations about that. So that's where my wife is currently suffering. Uh, right now, and that's, that's a place, girl. and that's where you need to drink. I mean, those are the, that's why alcohol was invented, so you could suffer through your parents. So she's a much better daughter than I am a son, though, because you know she puts up with it. She does it like three times a year. Those judge shows are on when I'm in the morning when I'm getting ready, and I just I can't take them anymore. So I started watching Tyra. Tyra every day, yeah. and I hate it because I'm actually starting to kind of like it. Well, what is wrong with me? She's kind of a likable person. She though. is kind of likable, and I really do like the style in which she's talking. And I'm like, what am I doing? Hey, you and know, I'm I, starting to watch it every day. You know what? I used to watch Montel every day, so not anymore. But uh, cause this is off the air. But I haven't watched it for a long time. But I used to watch Montel every morning, so I'm unashamed. Tim Riley, I don't watch any of those programs. Now, neither do I anymore because after a while, I just felt like I was not that they were making me dumb, but it's like. I just felt like they were sort of making my soul dirty because you're sort of rooting for the worst. And I do that all the time anyway. Like, we always root for bad things to happen to people, and we just revel in the failures of others. But I think you're saying exactly what everyone's afraid to say. I mean, that's the thing is it's like you're just sitting there just, 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 and like. You don't want it to be the baby daddy. No, and that's, you know, when they come out and do the fraternity it could, It's test. 100% him. I have not cheated <laughs> on Scott. I love him. <laughs> It's like three, you know, and it, as Chris Rock or whoever it is, somebody, you know, it's, it's it's just always, you know, three women fighting over a guy with no teeth, no job, you know. <laughs> I mean, always, you know. God, I was watching. I watched. Um, this sounds like one of those promos, but I did watch recently. 
accidentally some Springer, and it was ex- it's amazing how that show has never changed. Because I think they're still doing new episodes of that, aren't they? Isn't oh, Springer still cranking out new episodes? I'm not, I know that his bodyguard started his own show. What's his name, Jerry? He, oh, no, I not Jerry. Um, I always call him Steve. Yeah. Um, but it was the same day, but this time it was it was like a it was like just a butt, big bearded hillbilly, uh, you know, and his dumb hillbilly wife, missing teeth, bad frizzy hair, big ass, uh, like stretchy sweatpants, and just and then like at another point, like some uh, some other woman comes out, and it's the same old thing where the the other woman comes out, and she's equal, she's a big porker herself, just a huge sow, and she comes out, and immediately the two women are punching each other. Over some jackass from the Appalachians who's 500 pounds and unemployed, and clearly it just looks like some sort of an albino manatee with his clothes off. And you're sitting there watching them going, what in the F is wrong with this? Like, and why am I watching this? So that's what, and Montel know, was not nearly that bad. It does your soul. It really does. It does. Montel was not nearly that bad, but I still did feel after a while because Montel's whole thing was that he had been a drill sergeant or whatever. He was a Marine. And so Montel, it was a lot of, like, um, like moms bringing their sons onto the show so Montel could whip them into shape. Because you always got the feeling that Montel was about to pick him up and just sort of smack him around. Anyway, let's not talk about it. Here's Tim Riley. So the rejection was especially tough on 17-year-old Elena Whitaker, who broke down in tears upon hearing the news on American Idol. <laughs> Okay, no. <laughs> okay. See, here No matter how good you are, somebody's got to go every single week. And this week it's you, loser. Did she say okay. I can sing or can't sing? I'm going to give you a choice. Well, I think we know the sing, answer. I'll let you sing. If you don't, I understand. Well, it is true. This is well, you're out. Sing one more song. Now, that's the deal, right? They get kicked off. Here we are it's talking like, about American Idol. Your show will not be on tomorrow, but do one more show. Well, that's the difference between us and American Idol, Tim. <laughs> We won't be we asked. We won't be asked to do one more performance after we fired. We'll only be told afterward. That was. Uh, thanks for singing. Yeah, you're done. Uh, so th- is that the deal where they kick him off and then they got to sing a goodbye song? Yeah, usually. Do they break down and cry halfway through the song ever? That might get me to watch it. See, there you go again. Why do I say things like that? Um, the uh, so she, did she? Is it can't? I can't sing. I think she was saying because they were telling her that she had to sing even though she was kicked off. Oh. Oh, I wouldn't either. Good for her. But did she end up singing, do you suppose? I don't know. I didn't watch it. What is with that voice? He can't sing with that voice, honey. Like, like Minnie Mouse. I mean, tell Hillary Clinton she can't speak with that voice. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, we will. Uh, do, you have, uh, do you have that one more time? Sure. What was her name? Her name is uh, Elena Whitaker. All right. <laughs> I can't sing. <laughs> it's okay, darling. Sorry. It's okay. No, it's okay. That's all right. No matter how good you are, somebody's got to go every single week until we get to the end. Okay? Except for Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> I'm going to give you a choice. If you want to sing, I'll let you sing. If you don't, I understand. Is that where? Is that where the? Uh, is like you're the, the, the maternal one in the background. Sing Elena. <laughs> You'll regret <laughs> it. Like in the Price is Right, where the audience is. I can't sing. And the. the <laughs> You're the a bad person. Uh, you're laughing too. Is I'm that the end of the show? <laughs> that is our end of show clip. Um, the what is the name of that clip, Tim? Idol Seven SF Two R Elena Dot Wave. Okay, I'll find that here in just a second. Well, welcome Steve Castamom here in just a moment. But um, now the the best part there is. That I do believe you can hear Simon Cowell saying, it's okay. Even though presumably he's the one who just made her cry. I thought that was Ryan Seacrest. 
No, but I think it will. For, hold on, Tim. It's idle what? Idle 7SF2R Elena dot wave. Oh, here we go. I think this is it. Um, but, 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 I mean, Simon's the mean one, right? Here we... <laughs> I can't sing. Right. It's okay, Don. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> right there when he goes, it's okay. I think I that think might be Simon Cowell. Reassuring her. Anyway, I love the idea that Simon Cowell is both good. You know what Simon Cowell is? Simon Cowell is the uh, Simon Cowell is the towsel your hair with one hand and smack you with the other guy. <laughs> That's totally what he is. Simon Cowell is the boyfriend who makes you cry and then brings and then takes you back, having convinced you it's all your fault. All right. Then apparently he eliminated a Jason Yeager. Your problem is, Jason, quite simply, is that you don't stand out in the crowd at the moment. And that's difficult. It comes down to charisma, personality, stage presence. Because you're not a bad singer. It's just that you don't stand out. Yeah, it comes down to charisma, personality, and stage presence, which is why Ryan Seacrest got the job. <laughs> Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City. CNN Radio Correspondent. Steve Castamon. Hello, sir. Hey. How are you? Are you an American Idol fan? You know, I haven't watched it at all this year. Good. Excellent. I was going to think less of you if you'd, if you'd said, like, no, 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 I watch it every night. I got suckered into watching the uh, watching Lost. Oh, speaking of which, and we haven't, think, we haven't done our Lost recap, but let's do a little bit of that right now. What did you think hey. of last night's episode? Oh, wait, wait, wait. I didn't see it last night. Oh. Don't see anything. They all die at the end. Oh. It was crazy. Rosebud is a sled. Coming. No. I have to go online and watch it. I didn't get a chance to, to watch it last night. I had to go to an event. So, uh, well, let's. Uh, so, uh, what was the event? Was it something exciting? I, I I've done a number of different programs, uh, you know, over the years, and you know, they always have fundraisers and stuff like that. And, and uh, whenever one of these board of directors guys, you know, hosts a party, you don't want to miss out because it's always. It's always like, you know, an Upper West Side brownstone off the park or something like that, you know, with an incredible uh, a caterer, you know, for the event. And, right. you know, uh, whatever, the, whatever the, uh, the pitch is, I'm there for the food. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what was the food that they had? Was it good? Oh, man, yeah. They had uh, sliders, these little uh, hamburgers, really like good. For, like a White Castle thing? Much better than that, though. Really good. Uh, they had really uh, a, a really good assortment of, of cheeses and crackers. Um, uh, these great shrimps that you, they were giving out the, as part of the hors d'oeuvres, and uh, what else? Um, all sorts of stuff. So okay, sushi. somebody, you ought to start a blog about this. There ought to be a blog about like food I've gotten for free uh, at press events or something. Oh, you know what I mean? I am totally about free food. You know, when 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 there's free food here in the bureau, no matter what floor it's on. Oh, I can find it. You have a radar. You have a sixth sense for these things. Oh yeah. All right. What is your uh, now? What is the what is the you said they bring you food though at CNN sometimes. They do. I mean, you know, if it's a holiday that most people have off and we're working here, they'll they'll cater in food uh, that day. Um, uh, every Friday here in the newsroom, they uh, they have a provide not a full lunch but sort of like a snack or something. So today it was uh, chicken noodle soup and a little salad. Nice, pretty good. I there was a, a couple Fridays ago. It was the weirdest thing. It was like working in some sort of like a news radio esque sitcom where I came in and upstairs in the sales area by my office, somebody had brought in like a huge plug in skillet and they were just making breakfast. Uh, I walked in and it was like bagels, many varieties of cream cheese, uh, bacon, sausage, pancakes, orange juice, whatever, and it, like for no real reason, like somebody from the traffic department. Just in the sales department, just decided to to start making breakfast. And so are, you were, ki- are you kidding? Uh, that's, no. That's, did I tell you about the guy who makes the uh, uh, what do you call it? The um, the, the French uh, things, the pancakes. French um, toast? No, not French toast, but the uh, the really thin. It's not a full pancake. It's a like um, a crepe. 
Yeah, great. Yeah, there's a guy here. I didn't tell you about this? No. Oh, I befriended this uh, sound guy. Please tell me you befriended him just to get food. Yes. <laughs> okay. I walked into the break room on my floor one day, and there was this guy who I had never seen before, and he had out one of those electric griddles, and he had out all the fixins, and he was making crepes for himself. And I was like, hey, uh, what's going on? <laughs> And uh, he said, oh, yeah, a bunch of us engineers uh, in engineering, you know, one day we decided we were going to chip in and, and buy this griddle because it was, uh, you know, for sale on it, at this five-and-dime place down the block. But he's the only one who uses it anymore. And when he gets the, when he gets the, uh, the urge, the craving, he just makes crepes for himself. That's and fantastic. I, yeah, yeah, with all the trimmings. He had, like, you know, the fruit fillings and the whipped cream and the cinnamon. And, and then he just said, you want one? That's, that, that, again, to make like another Seinfeld reference, that would sort of be like a George Costanza thing, where in his cubicle or in his office, he would just have like, like some sort of a barbecue, like a big George Foreman grill or something, just constantly going in the corner. <laughs> yeah, and the guy, he has on one of these, um, these music headsets that's not, it's an MP3 player, but everything is in the headset. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, it's not like a, you know, a little thing that he's wearing on his armor in his pocket. It's all on his head. Weird. Well, yeah, all right, it's a then. really weird scene, yeah, and I think I'm the only one who's befriended him. Well, so there you go. I would keep it to yourself. I would not let the cat out of that bag, sir. But the crepes are so good. <laughs> of course they are. Um, let's, uh, real quickly, and I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on this. is kind of a, going back on a kind of a buzzkill. But um, the, uh, so what, they've made some, they investigated something, they cleared somebody in the Heath Ledger thing? No, actually, uh, the, the feds, the, uh, the uh, uh, well, federal drug investigators are looking into how Heath Ledger got a hold of all those prescription drugs, right? They want to see if any of them were prescribed illegally. So they're taking a look at a doctor in Los Angeles and a doctor in Texas. And as you know, technically, you really have to go to a doctor for a visit before they give you a prescription for anything. So they're looking into whether or not you know he he did everything he was supposed to do, or whether the doctors just wrote these things out for him. Yeah, without, you know, proper examination or uh, proper care. Because that's one of those things that will come back to. That's like when you, you know, you bend the rules just once for a guy who needs a handgun today, and then you and then you see him doing the perp walk later that night. Yeah, yeah. you don't want to be that guy. No, you don't want to be the guy who's like, nah, well, okay, have a bottle of Vicodin. Right. Yeah. He told me he couldn't sleep. What could I do? <laughs> he seemed trustworthy at the time. Right. All right, uh, big plans this weekend. Uh, I got to get ready for uh, going to Ohio next week, and Tyler Moody is arriving here uh, Sunday night. Excellent. All right. Uh, so uh, yeah, Tyler's a good guy. We dig that. Tyler came. Yeah, he's cool. He came to visit us. He came through. Uh, yeah, he came through Portland sometime back. Uh, he yeah, and then uh, he was just you know he's kind of doing the affiliate uh, things, kind of visiting folks, and uh, and then uh, yeah, you are going to be there for the primary. Yeah, going to be in Ohio, going to Columbus. Very exciting. Ohio, home of family ties. Do you know anybody? Do either of you know anybody in Columbus? I've been to Cleveland before, but not Columbus. Uh, anybody in Columbus? Mm-mm. No, 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 we've got nothing, sir. Sorry. Oh well. Are you just asking? Are you just asking because you know that we had somebody bring booze to Lisa and Jim? You got it. Yeah. No, I I don't know anybody who can bring you booze there, but I'll look into it. If anybody listening to us online uh, is in or around Columbus, Ohio, send us an email or call us uh, so we can have you give booze to Steve Kastenbaum. There's got to be a college student there in Ohio who's who's from your area originally. Well, we'll, we'll... you're really pitching on the air to find some poor person to bring you alcohol. This is what Ted Turner had in mind when he created CNN. Well, one of the first questions you ever asked me was uh, what was my drink of choice, and I said it was Macallan Scotch. You no, created a monster. That's true. I guess we can't ask that and not not fulfill it then. Well, yeah. we'll, we'll look into it, sir. 
Thank you. I All right. Uh, are you on Monday then, or are you going to be traveling? Uh, not sure. I may be on uh, early in the morning. Uh, actually, I'll probably be at the airport by the time you guys get okay. on the air. So. Uh, well, then, if we don't talk to you, travel safe, and we'll talk to you in Ohio. Okay. Thank you, sir. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen. All right. I, I was going to give you this. The worst hotel in New York. It's called the Hotel Carter. It is at 250 West 43rd Street. The hallway we stayed in was covered with plastic to catch the falling water. The headboards on the double beds were carpeting. Yes, floor carpet. Ew. There are mysterious stains on the walls, furniture, and carpeting. Mysterious stains on the walls. Mm -hmm. Now, mysterious stains on the floor yeah. are almost okay because, you know, you maybe you spill your dinner or you have a drink it gets knocked over, you know, a, a toiletry of some kind spills. Mysterious stains on the floor are kind of gross, but you can sort of understand how they get there. Like, yeah, you spill a soda, whatever. Mysterious stains on the wall are altogether different. Because... The telephone didn't work, the dresser had no drawers, and the blanket smelled. Okay. Then there was the bathroom. The handles on the shower were encased with plastic Dixie cups. <laughs> That's awesome. Wonderful. Where did you find that? Utterly disgusting. Well, it was just sent to me because... Was uh... it from Rotten Neighbor? No, it's Travel Advisor. Uh, TripAdvisor. Trip you ever go there? No. Anytime you want to stay anywhere, go there. You get honest uh, descriptions. Uh, let's see here. Utterly disgusting and unsafe on so many levels. Fire hazards in the hallway. No smoke detectors. No fire escape. Excellent. An elevator that's on its last leg. Uh, let's see here. At least yeah. it works. It's $107 year-round. Of course. Me. Of course. That's going to be another one of those places where the sign, the price is just nailed up on the door. Jesus. I love the I love the idea that the headboards are made out of carpet. I know that is great, isn't it? Oh, I wish they would have enclosed pictures of the Dixie Cup. That's what I'm saying. Novel. Don't you, you don't you want pictures of this whole place? Mm -hmm. And that you could, they gave it one out of five, and you can tell it's because you can't give it nothing. Although the cumulative score from uh, let's see, there have been 602 reviews. It has received an average score out of five of one. That's fantastic. All right. Yeah, I'm a, I'm all over that. Cool. Then they gave him a twenty dollars to clean the room, and we never saw her again. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she was the dead body that they found in one of the rooms. <laughs> oh. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, let's see. I felt very uncomfortable. There was a tweaker in the hallway. The Not maid the never dead body didn't make her uncomfortable. Just the tweaker. Just the tweaker. I started throwing my trash in the hall, only to have to <laughs> climb over it every time I came in or went. So for five days, I had to do this. Why would you stay five days? Why would you throw your trash in the hall? Like these monsters, look at them, they're plastering the hallways. I thought I throwing my trash Let in the hall. part of the problem. Let me contribute to the overall decline. I do not recommend this hotel for an amazing honeymoon, a romantic getaway, or people with disabilities. That's uh, fantastic. Let's see here. It does not have a great pool scene either. Oh, all right. Not recommended for tourists or families with teenagers. Oh, God. That reminds, I mean, and we've all, everybody has done that where you you check into a place, and this even before the internet, it was before the internet was even worse, mm -hmm. where you would just, like, you'd, you'd see it in the phone book or something. I, that's, you know, now that I think about it, how did people even figure stuff like this out before the net? Like, before the internet, you would have no way of knowing if you were going to check into some rat hole. I think people used to go with the AAA scores. Yeah, maybe. That, but that was the only game in town way back when. I had AAA for a while. That's true. AAA. Yeah, no, that is true. Uh, I had AAA for, for a while, uh, but, you know, I don't think I knew at the time that you could use that for hotels or for places of lodging. I just used it for, like, you know, road road service and stuff. Yeah. But I've I've had a couple of those where it's like you, all right, and uh, you're in 15 down the hall. Here you go. Enjoy your stay. And you walk, you open the door, and suddenly you just sort of, you just realize, you're like, Jesus, what have I done? Where where am I? There was graffiti next to the elevator that said hellhole. <laughs> <laughs> Same place. Yes, it is.
God. Excellent. I just want to go there. I seriously, I almost want to stay 17 there. 17 and 29 people found this review helpful. <laughs> I guess the others did not. <laughs> Hellhole. Uh, we took our key and went into our first room. The window was broken. Oh, God. Uh, so we we met a, a rude Asian woman who gave us another room that was much worse. The room was dirty and smelly. Okay. Reminds me of uh, this is a long time ago in where shall I put? Would I don't you even like want to save this review. Yes, I don't even want to. I, don't, I almost don't even want to identify the city. Um, but uh, many years ago in Washington State, we'll put it this way: in Washington State, um, a girl I was with at the time and I were it, we were where the hell were we going? I think we were going on some some long ass trip or like a uh, not a road trip as such but I think we were driving some anyway we were some hotel we were going to stay halfway and it was one of those things that was sort of unplanned where we hadn't really I think we thought we were going to drive the entire trip in one night and then we got to halfway and we're like f this we're tired let's stop let's and we did that thing of let's just let's just, honey let's just stop at the first place we find that's always a good idea that's totally when you end up in some place where mother is desiccating in the fruit cellar um oh that that's it if you're traveling through Kansas looking for a campground, any shrub is called a campground. <laughs> it's got the big KOA yeah. thing out in front uh-huh. of it. Happy I, Acres Camp. You know, yeah, I, I stayed at that. <laughs> One moldy tent with a torn flap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we had intended to make the, make the entire drive. And um, in fact, now that I think about it, I don't think I could identify the city if I tried because it was between two larger cities and it was like in some, you know, some some tiny little some fly speck. Anyway, so we said, well, let's just stop at the first place we see, and it was totally just like uh, just uh, like Janet Lee and Psycho, where we just see like the dimly lit vacancy sign flashing. We're like, well, let's stay here. This is the grossest store. I can't believe I've never mentioned this. So I won't give all the hideous details, but we go and we stop. And I don't know if this is a in retrospect, it must have been one of those hotels that was sort of like love nesty, like for maybe some sort of that people used for rendezvous or perhaps a romantic getaway. Because the first indication was that we'd open the door, and, like, I think the room, maybe, it was one of those hotels, maybe, where the rooms all had different themes, you know? But it was like, you know, uh, ocean theme, and... Uh, jungle theme. Ours had, you say jungle theme, it had all around the border of the ceiling, like around the edge of the ceiling, it was like bad plastic leaves. Like, you know those fake plants they'll have in an office lobby? So they were, like, disattached from the wall, like they were actually hanging from the wall? Yeah, it was like they had taken fake plants from a lobby, but taken many, many plants worth, and then just sort of glued them around the perimeter of the ceiling. And then on the wall behind the bed, it was like a forest scene. Nowhere else. But, like, there was the bed, there was the headboard, and then the wall behind the headboard was, like, wallpaper. There was, like, a forest scene with the single, the single worst thing. Here's a scabby, scabby, scabbies. <laughs> the location second is in, and it's not worth it. My whole family went home infected with scabies. We spent more time doing laundry and at the doctor's office than I did at this hotel. I will never stay there again. I contacted the hotel, and they didn't care. The, the of- owner doesn't live in this country. Does anyone call the New York City hotel? His middle name is Hussein. I tried and only got passed around. Jesus. And first of all, when you, when you first said scabby, 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 I thought they'd injured themselves. Oh, but it was, in gross. fact, scabies, scabies, scabies. I guess there's no – I guess either of those is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so just so just to give the punchline to this, this is the single worst thing. So uh, we have this I, – I have this whole thing anyway of, like, looking for, you know, the Gideon Bible because the Gideon Bible fascinates me. And plus, sometimes if you look in those bedside, like the drawers – you know, there's you know, there's usually the Gideon Bible. Sometimes it's coming to that like some of that depressing stationery that has the hotel like so you can make the folks back home jealous when you write them a card. 
So I open, and it was on the, uh, let's see, if you're laying in bed, it was on the right-hand side. So I open the drawer. In the bedside drawer, I swear to you, was an off-brand bottle of baby oil. Oh. <laughs> Half gone. Like a dollar store brand? Yeah, like it wasn't baby oil. It was like whatever. Well, whatever. Is, I guess maybe I it is. Yeah, I can't think of anything. I don't even know. Maybe you just call it that. Maybe it is just called it. But it wasn't like Johnson & Johnson. It was like, you know, Kroger Kroger store brand. And it was like a bottle of baby oil about five inches high. And about a third of it was missing. You know, and it's just clearly one of those things the maid either didn't need, you know, either didn't notice or didn't didn't care to remove. Jesus. All right. <laughs> All right. Here's Tim Riley. Is Victoria's Secret becoming too sexy? <gasps> Has it gone too far? Apparently, the uh, it's become too sexy for its own good, says its top executive. We've gotten off our heritage. Too sexy. And we use that word sexy a lot, and we have forgotten the ultra-feminine, said Sharon Tunney, Victoria's Secret chief executive, in a call with industry analysts. Victoria's Secret was launched with the idea that Victoria was manor-born and lived in London. Apparently, they want to increase its level of sophistication. We will invent the sleepwear business and focus on chronic quality. Our assortment will return to ultra-feminine lingerie to meet our needs and expectations. Okay, i got like a hundred things to say about this. Sales has been slipping. Uh, sales of Victoria's Secret fell 2%. Why, that's less than the radio business, but you complain about the sale. Yeah. Uh, the chain was started in San really, Francisco. Citadel would love to have that. I know. It looks like $400 million. Yeah, um, I never go there anymore. It holds no appeal to me anymore. Well, that was going to be my question. It's not to inquire about your under things, but do you, I mean, I do women shop, shop there? Yeah, I mean, I used to, and then I'm like, wait, this is the same product that I can get at, like, you know, Target or that you know, was the Bon Marche for the same like for so much cheaper. The Bon Marche. The Bon Marche. Does that even exist anymore? No, I don't think. They were so. bought up by somebody else. Yeah, I don't even know what the new Macy's is. It Macy's now? No, that was is? Meyer and Frank. Yeah, I don't. Does J.C. Penney's exist? Yes. Where? I think there's one in Beaverton. Is that true? Because I heard an ad for them the other day, and I thought it almost sounded like a mistake, and I didn't think they were still around. I think there's a J.C. Penney's in Bremerton. Bon Marche, we have one of those in Kennewick. That was considered the real upscale store in Kennewick. That was, that was... Um, that's why I could always tell it was Christmas because we'd go to Seattle <laughs> and you go to the bon, and go see the Bon Marche star that they'd put up in that. In yeah, store. I remember that. And they had the carousel and the huge Bon Marche star. And now it's like the Macy's star, and it looks so te- it looks ghetto now. After I'm like, I have to tell you, know, your star Macy's. You know what is what is really beautiful though is the I sound like such a tool. Uh, what's really beautiful is the Macy's in San Francisco. Uh, there is a Macy's that overlooks, I forget exactly where, there's like a public square in San Francisco with a Macy's, and the Macy's in San Francisco when it's decorated for Christmas is really, truly beautiful. But um, uh, what was I going to say? Victoria's Secret. So I, I don't think, I mean, I guess I wouldn't really know, but I mean, I, I don't really, I wonder if women really shop there. And I guess some women must shop there because they stay in business. But do you think, let me ask you this, is Victoria's Secret to a large degree, is it one of those... Looking to inject a little passion back into your relationship? Is it one of those stores? I think so. They have some really cool lingerie, but uh, I don't know. I'm, it's just kind of there, there's so much being offered in, like, department stores and other kinds of stores now. It's like you don't really need to specifically go to an underwear store to buy underwear. That's my thing. You know? It seems very much like a brand. It is. It's a brand. And uh, girls, like, walking around with, like, a little striped bag that says Victoria's Secret. after right. Spending, you know, ten, ten bucks on a pair of cotton underwear. Totally. Um, what it's, kind of, it's a brand thing, I guess. Let me ask you. Here's another question I have about Victoria's Secret. What kind of women do they hire to work there? Are they uh, better looking than average, uglier than average, to make the women who shop there feel look good, or do they, uh, you know, feel good, or do they are they normal? No, they're they're like better looking. They're classy. Really? And they smell like a lot like perfume and have blonde hair and like big pink 
Chinese lips. Oh, they're that kind of pretty. Mm-hmm. All right. With the nails done and like packaging your stuff in tissue paper. All right. Uh, let's see. I think I only had one other question about Victoria's Secret. Not even a question so much as an observation. I will say this, um, that there was, and this has been years, I'm really dating myself with this, but there was at one time, uh, there was a Victoria's Secret catalog, right? Or there is, yeah, maybe still? And I remember uh, back back in the day that some some of the guys I I knew th- th- that catalog was kind of widely read because for a while they really did have a lot of stunning women in there, and guys sometimes had a favorite Victoria's Secret girl, and there actually was a girl who was a Victoria's Secret model in the '90s who was gorgeous and looked just like Robin Wright Penn. Looked exactly like, and she didn't even look like Robin Wright Penn so much as she looked like Buttercup uh, from The Princess Bride. It, that kind of Robin Wright Penn. And I, occasionally I wonder what happens to girls like that that are sort of mid-level models. Not not Cindy Crawford, mm-hmm. but it's not like they're modeling like scissors in a commercial somewhere. They're modeling something like that, but they, they never really reach. Like you wonder if women like that, are, if you're that successful of a model, sort of mid-range, is that enough to sort of marry well? And I bet they step set? up to like the the Macy's like back to school sale like moms the and those ads. Mom, they're at that hot mom store at Lloyd's Center with the where it's like the rhinestones. Mom, momhood is sexy. Finally, oh. this is Victoria a person? I always thought when they said Victoria's Secret, it was like the Victorian age. Oh, like Victor- like Wendy's is actually Wendy. Yeah, so, I mean, is there a Victoria? I'm not sure. I don't know. See, that's a thing I kind of wonder about. And uh, People make fun of me for wondering. Victoria's Secret, I was thinking of that ill-fated show, Veronica's Closet. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Boy, that's a terrible Chris show. Yelly, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you know, doesn't that Lipstick Jungle have Brooke Shields? That's her, right? Because mm-hmm. I saw, I tuned, I watched enough of Lipstick Jungle, I had to see Brooke Shields humping it out with some guy. Um, she, I know it must be a lot of plastic surgery. She still looks good, though. God, those eyebrows of hers are always out of control. I know she has prominent eyebrows, and that she she seemed she must have embraced those as one of her more recognizable features. But wow, they're still really huge. Let's do a couple of these, then we have to break. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Who this? Larry. Hi, what's up? How can I help you? Yeah, I just have another hotel horror story. Yes, sir. Um, we were driving to Fresno, and always just, your first mistake. Yeah, we were on. We were going to Fresno. We we're going to Phoenix, but we stopped at Fresno. And we pull into this place, like, you know, off a main road. And, you know, it's got your usual, you know, Habib at the desk. Habib. Really? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Okay, so we, Larry. We check in. And as we're unloading stuff out of the car, this, like, homeless guy comes up and says, Hey, did you hear the day before somebody came through the parking lot and plowed into every car? <laughs> it's like, Okay. Now go away. And then we got inside. The kids were just like, let's not stay here. Did it have so, the stench of death, sir? Yeah, it seemed kind of, yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was bullet holes, but we didn't look real close, you know. But oh. anyway, so we went and got our refund and kept driving. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. That's uh, that's terrific. He <laughs> was Middle Eastern. <laughs> Is that, uh, were you trying to find the model? Was that yeah, Victoria? Yeah, I can't remember her name. Uh, it would have been in the mid '90s, probably. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, she was uh, she was really beautiful. I, I didn't have like like I had some I, creepy thing. I don't know her name or anything, but but she was really gorgeous. And before the internet, uh, you know, there were fewer places to ogle women. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello, Rick. Hello, hi. hi. Who's this? Hey. Uh, this is Steve, and I just wanted to uh, clarify some things that you guys were talking about. Yeah. 
So Bon Marche was indeed an affiliate of Fred Meyer. Okay. Or, excuse me, Meyer and Frank. Okay. Me. And so did go the Macy's. So, uh, well. so the Bon Marche, wherever they were, they have also become Macy's. They were, yeah, they're up in Washington. All right. I know that because I used to do loss prevention for uh, Meyer and Frank, and I used to go up to Seattle to work at Bon Marche store. Well, okay. Secondly, uh, you are spot on with Victoria's Secret. It is named for the Victorian age. So, but that, but that woman though. In that uh, sound clip that Tim had, she said, originally, it, she she was she said, Tim, do you have the soundbite from the Victoria's Secret woman? Uh, let me look. Because she was using it as though it were a woman's proper name. Mm. Uh, she actually says, da-da-da-da-da, Victoria dressed in blah, 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 blah. And so she said it as though it were the name of a woman. So we're going to have to play See, it back and figure a it man, out. No, but it says here on Wikipedia that a man... Um, Invented it because he felt embarrassed trying to purchase lingerie for his wife in public, in an awkward department store environment. That's odd that it was founded by a man. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I could sort. Of, I guess I could kind of see that. All right, thank you. You're welcome. All right, bye. All right. You know that's a. It's weird though because it, 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 there's such a Victoria's Secret really is trendsetting. They were probably the first national store though to be like that, mm -hmm. sort of a naughty under things store. Because I had to go to the Verizon store at Lloyd Center the other day. And there's that whole row of shops you have to walk by that are all basically Victoria's Secret to one degree or another. And it's and and even where the mannequin like sounds like a creepy thing, but where even the mannequins are all sexed up, you know, where I mean, it, when I was a boy, it was like a mannequin would just be like like some sort of generic version of the. Of I don't the know. Form. They have like nipples and like all Yo, kinds okay, of Okay, first weird of all, stuff. why did? Let's talk about that for a second, and then we ha then we must break. Where is this place again? That you were shopping. I wasn't shopping. Uh, well, I was heading to the Verizon store at Lloyd Center. Oh, Lloyd so Center. The bottom yeah. floor of Lloyd Center. Nowhere, nowhere you, no place that you'd be going to, Tim. Lloyd Center. Man, I haven't been there in so long. Lloyd Center. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just as bad as you remember. Okay. Um, eh, but um, what? Why do they start putting nipples on mannequins? I, I hate to know. be crude about it, but I mean, really. They're making them really lifelike. I mean, what is the point of that? I mean, I can understand. And then we must break. But I, I, I uh, like, let's take, uh, what is that store for the, uh, the Why larger? Why they put nipples on the bat suit? Lane know? Bryant. That's the, for the larger woman? Okay. I understand why those mannequins have to be different from others. Because, again, it's for a different body type, women perhaps larger in the bust, and whatever. So I understand why those mannequins have to be different. It's, a, it's a, simply a thing to show you the clothes. But I don't believe uh, your nipples have anything to do with how your clothes fit mm -hmm. unless you live next to a nuclear power plant. So I don't know. Maybe it's for men to inspire them to buy clothes from okay, the... Okay, but how creepy is that, it's though? Really That's creepy. my thing. If they put nipples on the mannequins to make them, like, sexually arousing, goddamn, that's weird. How messed up is that? Goddamn men that's are Rick Emerson. Yeah, but it's not even real sex. Even at the Lloyd Center. I <laughs> Especially there, Tim. I mean... Really, let's be honest. If you're doing all your shopping there, you need any diversion at hand. All right, let's break now. We'll come back. More with Tim Riley. More passes to 10,000 B.C. Uh, Scott Daly coming up later on. Uh, we'll be talking to Tom Maxwell from Hell Yeah and uh, other things. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Red, yellow, black,
Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, let's see. Still to come, we're going to be talking to Tom Maxwell from Hell Yes. Scott Daly will be here from Film Fever Radio. Uh, every fourth call today uh, that gets on the air, getting a pair of passes to see uh, 10,000 B.C. Uh, coming up next Thursday. Let's see. Um, what else? We never got to the gluttony test. We should try to do that at some point. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Oregon has a new tallest tree. Almost three months after the windstorm toppled the Coochie Creek Giant, the Oregon Tree Registry has a brand new champion, Sitka Spruce. Bring the kids. It's at Cape Maris State Scenic Viewpoint. This tree is 144 feet tall. It has a circumference of 48 feet and an average crown spread of 93 feet. Now, it's much shorter and skinnier than the Cloochie Creek Giant that topped at 206 feet with a circumference of 56 feet 1 inch. The topple tree is now used for education for children. Kids, this is what happens when the tree falls over. I was just going to say, this really was just like reading a footnote at the bottom of a geography book. Mm -hmm. So this is a tree that... It's a new tallest tree in Oregon. It's been... Oh, okay, so that's what it is. So it's, it's like not when like the oldest an, person dies, they find a new oldest person. So it's not like a tree, of any, tree dies. of any historical limit. Like, it's not a tree that was planted by Sacagawea no. or something. It was okay. just in the file as the next tallest tree. Hey, let me ask you this. It, Joshua Tree. Is that, an actu- is that a tree somewhere? Or is that a name of a place? That's the name of a place. But Joshua Trees are trees. Okay, so it's but it's a town named after a type of tree. No, it's a it's a park named a park. after a type of tree. But in other words, it's not it's like in the one, desert. Not one specific tree that they're referring to. Well, there is a tree called the Joshua Tree, but the Joshua Tree State Park or National Park or whatever it is. But I mean, it's, it's not, not like desert. one like one single tree planted somewhere. No, 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 no. Okay, these no. are just stuff I don't know. All right, uh, here's Tim Riley. Uh, so, yeah, go visit the tree. The Clochi Giant was between 700 and 750 years old. Uh, the new champ could be the same age or possibly a little older. This thing's in pretty rough condition. Well, that's great, so it's not going to last very long. <laughs> go see it while... Well, it's like that It's like that new pope, you know. Mm-hmm. See it while it's there. Uh, let's see. There are two trees left like this in Oregon. The other is in God's Country in Tillamook County. And a small handful of trees are like this in Washington. But it's the only one like this in Oregon. So this is somebody's job. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Miami where stories are more interesting. I was just going to say, let's let's spend all day talking about the tree. Can you give the tree in cubits, please? Where are we going? Florida. Oh, damn it. I hit it, but I have my speaker turned off. God damn it. Damn I didn't. You. <laughs> oh, I hit my thing first, but it was turned down. Fine. Mm. Fine. A school fight drew more than a dozen police squad cars to Miami High School this morning. Police rushed to Miami Edison Senior High after a a fight broke out on the campus courtyard. A video from television and news crew shows several students being led away in handcuffs. Firefighters said one student and three police officers suffered minor injuries. The school's been locked down. What triggered the fight is not known. Uh, Miami Edison recently celebrated a move from a designation of an F, that's a failing school, to a D. (laughs) Still a failing school, but from an F to a D. Uh, last year, only 20%. Wait, hold on. How can, a D, how can a D be a failing school if it's not a... It's a failing D. Okay. It would help if schools followed their own grading system. How can, you be, how can they be failing if it's a D? This is Miami. Failing is an F. D is passing. Not passing well, but no. passing. Last year, only 10% of the students uh, were able to read. 
Less than the third met state met standards. <laughs> really? Yes, really. That whole place just needs to... Is it, look, now that Castro's gone, is it... I mean, are, are we going to have an... If, I mean, because the weird thing about that city is it's just such a strange mix down there mm-hmm. of folks who are fleeing Cuba, folks who are getting kicked out of Cuba, folks who were born here, folks who have moved there, folks have done... It's such a strange whatever... But you do get the feeling that the, that whole state at some point just needs to have a net put over it. You know what I mean? And just everybody there needs to be netted up and just sent uh, sent through school again from the beginning. Because it's just such a weird uh, confluence of everything down there. What is... All right, well, whatever. Uh, the victims are always fun, laughing, and smiling. Oh, wait, this goes with another story. <laughs> well, but I mean... Oh, wait, this goes, this goes... This was the guy who was murdered. I'm sorry. This page two belongs to a story that, that we covered that, earlier. That's today. an interesting. That's an interesting new bit we should do, where we just merge two different halves of two different stories together. The victim was always fun, always smiling and laughing. We, we should say this to use this as seriously. Let's tag other stories with that. Jack Ruby is remembered. <laughs> Jack Ruby is remembered as being the tallest tree in Oregon. Wow. Okay. Uh, let's do some phone calls. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Hey, my wife used to work at Victoria's Secret. Okay. And uh, does she wear a lot of? Does she wear like frosty pink lipstick? No, she didn't. Okay. But most of the girls that she worked with were strippers. No, so no. That they could get their employee discount. They do. <laughs> Seriously. I need that twelve percent. Uh, well, so, given the way that Sarah described many uh, of the women who works there, it doesn't surprise me because they do sound like uh, my friend Todd used to call it porn star pretty. Yeah, they're like plastic pretty kind yeah, of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It was really weird. You know, we'd have holiday parties at our house, and half the people who are strippers. Yeah, excellent. <laughs> so uh, it was really weird. All right, thank you, sir. Oh Thanks. wait, hold on. Uh, hey, Richie, is this guy caller? Is this guy the fourth caller? This guy right Ooh. here. I think he is. Is this me? All right, sir, you've won a pair of passes to see uh, 10,000 B.C. next Thursday. Okay. All right. Don't sound cool. so excited. Thanks. <laughs> All right, the victims were always laughing and smiling. All right, uh, that's uh, the guy on line one. Thank you. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, how's it going? What's up? I just had a quick uh, kind of a motel story. It's not necessarily horrifying, but it's kind of funny. Okay. Um, a few years ago, uh, right after I got out of high school, um, me and my girlfriend at the time, she had a coupon from like an entertainment book to stay at a resort, so right. to speak, in Walport. And they, they, the room they had for us was the love suite. And uh, in the corner where the bed was, it was a circular bed, and the whole corner of the room was surrounded in mirrors. Oh, oh no, oh, it gets better. It gets better. I was, hold, it was, hold on it, a second. Let's back up. How did you, yeah. how did you find this hotel? Uh, it was, it was just, I, I, I'm almost positive it was in her entertainment book. <laughs> really? So, so at least you had a discount. Right, right. That was the whole point that we stayed there. Yeah, okay. And uh, I tried to turn a light on. I'm, you know, I'm laying on the bed, just kind of watching TV. I try to turn the light on, and it doesn't turn on a light. It actually turns. The, the motor was cert, there was a motor on the bed, and it turned it on its axis. Circular, oh. so you could, oh, it was it was just horrible. So and you thought the, it was a light switch, and instead the circular bed the starts bed to rotate. To turn. Right. Oh, and, and then of a course jacuzzi in the floor, and, and a uh, jacuzzi in the floor, and so it's a circular bed that rotates, and it's surrounded by mirrors. And of right. course, you can't help but wonder what horrible things those mirrors have witnessed. Correct. Well, here's, <laughs> was, here's, here's, here's the kicker, though. Uh, uh, yeah. A couple years later, like a year or two later, do you remember the Heaven's Gate cult? Yes. 
uh, apparent when I, I saw it on the news when I was watching it, they said that the this Heaven's Gate cult because I reg- they originated in Oregon. Their 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 meeting place was that hotel's conference room, <laughs> and I was just I or that, so I guess that was kind of horrifying, but I, it was a kind of a funny story. That's fantastic. So uh, I, one quick question for Sarah at the beginning of the show, she, she might not even remember saying this, but when you guys are talking about like uh, uh, Tim's clothes and whatnot, she said something like free uh, free dress Friday. Was that a Catholic school reference it, at all? It completely and totally was. Yeah, no, that's I totally oh. got that as a Catholic school reference. Okay, because what, 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 what is that? Cat free dress Friday. Well, because we had a uniform we had to wear at Catholic school, mm-hmm. but on Fridays occasionally there would be a free dress Friday, which meant you could. They, We'd have you, ours like once a month, I think. And you couldn't wear whatever you wanted, but you could wear. Was it was, fit within the guidelines. As long as you weren't, you know, yes, being being too crazy or edgy. Right. Uh, yeah, you could. Uh, you were given a little more latitude in what you could. Did and you what have you free, dress, free dress Friday? Uh, yeah, but it wasn't every Friday. We uh, never allowed any type of individuality. <laughs> you just have to wear like the little crest, crusty jacket all the time, sir. Did you have free dress Friday at Catholic school? No, what we did was we earned free dress passes, like because we had we they'd like force us to sell gift wrap and stuff for fundraisers. <gasps> and we got oh, dude, passes. dude, we totally had I to do that. About that. Was it was it Sally Foster gift wrap? Uh, we had to sell, you know, we didn't. We just, sell like candy bars. I was going to say we sold world's best chocolate candy bars. Oh yeah, they're all like generic candy bar brands. And the world's best chocolate is not the world's best chocolate, by the way. Let me just tell you oh, that. It's, it's horrid. No, it's. But we had to sell that every year, and I, I've complained about this in the past. But really, honestly, my parents were already paying through the nose to send me to the goddamn school. Why yeah. is it they then had to send me out on the street? Uh, like some Dickensian uh, urchin with a bowl basically asking my neighbors to kick in money for my... Why did my... My neighbors who... I mean, I don't know how that how that worked even then or like in Kennewick, like how much tax money the school got or to what... It, if the city had to pay for part of it or if it was all through tuition. But, you know, my parents are already paying tuition and yet I'm basically going door to door in my neighborhood asking my neighbors to kick in for my schooling. Oh, I refuse oh. to do it. I never, I never went door to door. I just told it to, you know... Sucker, uh, I did. I mean, I out. I did it, uh, it, 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 but I always was terrible at it, and it was always this peer pressure, like you had to do well. Oh, and yeah. if you, oh. and the thing is, it, it, you didn't have to be the best. You just didn't want to be the worst kid in the class at it. Like you didn't be the I one. Always was. You didn't. I, I remember one year they gave me like the case of bad chocolate bars. Just <laughs> I left them in the sun. I remember I left them in the back of my dad's El Camino. <laughs> <laughs> It was, oh, and of course they're incredibly overpriced. So I remember, I don't remember how much they were, but they gave me like the box of chocolate bars. All right, Richard, go sell these. Cho- Richard Carl, go sell these chocolate bars, or Jesus will cry. And of course, what did I do? I left them in the back of my dad's El Camino in the Kennewick Sun. And I came back, and it was just, it was like, it was like Wonka's, it was like Wonka's waterfall wrapped up soup. Yeah, totally, exactly. That's what it was. So it was just like a big of lake of chocolate. You expected Gloop to be sticking his hand into it. Did he? Did he flip out? I don't even remember, probably. Yeah, <laughs> my dad probably went mental. The school probably yelled at me and told me I was going to hell. So, Jesus. All right. All right. Thank you, sir. Uh-huh. All right. There you go. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth on KCMD Portland. Kids are building robots. 55 high school teams from eight states pit their life-size robots against each other in a test of skill and speed. Fantastic. This is going on as we speak at Memorial Coliseum. This was opened up by Governor Kitzhaber. Oh, no. Uh, Governor Kulingowski and uh, Portland Mayor Tom Potter. Closing ceremonies are at 3.30. So these are uh, groups of kids from all over the place. For inspiration and recognition of science and technology, 55 teams <laughs> as far away as Michigan and Hawaii. Did it really say for recognition science. of science and, and technology? technology? Yes. Excellent. They're buying against each other. The winning alliance heads to the International Robot Championships in Atlanta in April. 
The fourth team selected for exceptional community outreach, among other qualities, will get to go to Georgia. So, uh, wow, one is 105 pounds of aluminum rods and pistons, <laughs> plus a brain full of colored wires and multi-directional wheels. An engineer would drool over. I want to have a brain full of colored wires. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. What's up? Hey, uh, I was going to tell you how I got kicked out of Catholic school because of Free Dress Friday. Please do. <laughs> I wore an Iron Maiden T-shirt. Really? Yeah, the one with the with the you know the uh, the zombie with the skull cap. Oh yeah, no, Ed, yeah, that would that would be for the Peace of Mind album. Yeah. 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 No, that's a terrifying album. He's got those weird black eyes. He's in like the padded room and everything. Um, yeah. No, we were. Yeah. I mean, we couldn't wear anything like that. We were not allowed to wear a band shirt. Uh, you know, anything like that. I mean, you couldn't have a design of any kind on the T-shirt. Uh, you couldn't wear shorts or cutoffs or anything like that, obviously. Uh, I mean, you basically had to wear just like a dull variation on the crap you had to wear all the time. Anyway, what was your di what was your daily uniform? What was the regular uniform you had to wear? Like a blue docker-type slacks, uh, white shirt, tie, and a vest. Yeah, okay, so we had to wear... We had two different things. When you hit middle school, it changed. Uh, when you were in grade school, it was green denim pants. And just how hideous is that? I mean, even then it was hideous. It's not like a thing that was somehow in fashion then. Green yeah, denim pants and then white shirts with green pinstripes. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole God, weird I remember those. leprechaun oh. outfit. Uh, and then when you hit grade school, it was gray corduroy and white golf shirts. Yeah. Uh, like Izod shirts or whatever. Yeah, grade school was uh, corduroy and then they... Made us buy slacks for uh, high school, and then uh, they kicked me out. So mm, uh, I, put, I put a nun. Actually, I had the I had the T-shirt on underneath uh, like a polka shirt, and I got hot on the. Uh, you know, we were outside goofing off, and I got uh, hot, so I took off the polo shirt, and the nun just about had a heart attack. Now, when you up. say you got kicked out, was this like a temporary suspension, or did they like boot you right out of the school? Boot me out of school. You're going to hell. Oh my God, can't believe that. Of my course. Changed parishes because of it. I'm sorry. My mom changed parishes because of it. Fantastic. I mean, really, the number of things that you were going to go to hell for. Uh, well, you know, know what I mean? And the nuns are mean, man. I don't know if yours threw uh, erasers. Oh, uh, well, they didn't. They didn't throw erasers, but I mean, there were things like that. Uh, you know, like I, I told the story, we had a nun that uh, there was a kid who was giving her a little lip. Which you would think that you're simply like a survival instinct, like you would know not to do that. Uh, got dragged down into the hallway and got his head whacked against the brick wall out in the hallway. We had a teacher who had been a, a marine drill instructor, and oh, yeah. we never saw him give the kid a beatdown. But I know that we were in the gymnasium, and the kid was sort of screwing around, uh, you know, playing grab asses, they say. And he took the kid into a locker room to give him a little talking to, and I know that the kid was all doubled over when he came out. So I can't say that he beat him, but clearly the clearly the anecdotal evidence is there to suggest that's what happened. So you know, we, we had, like, two nuns that always carried a yardstick. And uh, we had one sister, I think her name was Sister Teresa. You'd be talking in the back of her class just to the guy in the seat next to you, and all of a sudden it's just like, whack, right the side of your head with an eraser. <laughs> she never missed. Uh, My evil name was Sister Dolores. Oh, man. Oh, she uh, was bad. Well, and, and everybody has. I don't mean to, like we're just trafficking in stereotypes, but some of those stereotypes exist for a reason. I will say that we did have some teachers who were great, both nuns and priests. Uh, there was a, a, a nun, her name was... Um, uh, her name was uh, Sister Sarah. She was really, really cool, really great, funny, smart, 
you know, played a mean guitar. But man, goddamn, that I there were two. The one was the principal, and one was my seventh grade teacher. And really, honestly, just they, and I will tell you this: this is this is how uh, how much I loathed Catholic school, and how much I just had. I mean, I know that I uh, I have sort of an ongoing problem with authority, just sort of in general. But I have to tell you, I, I had a couple nuns, one of whom I actually still just resent so much to this day that I will occasionally Google her name just to see if I can see where she is and see if she's dying of something painful. Just every now and again, I look about every six months just to see if God's hit her with cancer or something, because she's got it coming. She really does. So. Does, does your mom play you the Catholic guilt trip, too, of, uh, you know, your fourth-grade teacher, sister, so-and-so is in the home. You might want to send her a note. No, you know, my mom, God bless her, my mom knows not to do that. Uh, my mom went through, when I was a teenager, a really uh, zealot-like Catholic, phrase, uh, Catholic phase where my mom, you know, I've, you know, she did all this. She threw away my threw away my rock and roll records and told me, demanded that I cut my hair and, you know, and, you know, was sad that I, that I wasn't going to be saved because I was evil and whatever. Uh, thankfully, my mom grew out of that craziness. My mom herself, the day my mom, uh, it's a long story. Anyway, uh, but my mom finally one day just realized that it was a bunch of crap. And uh, so she dropped it. And so my mom has gotten away from that. And my mom has actually... God bless her, has several times, as now that I'm an adult, has apologized several times uh, for some of the hideousness that was inflicted on us uh, because of the Catholic Church. So uh, I wish my mom would do that. She, uh, the older she gets, the more she gets into it. See, that's my thing. The older my mom gets, the more liberal she gets. So, wow. All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, have a good one, man. There you go. All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, let's talk about this uh, mail carrier trapped inside her car for nearly two hours at a home near Hanover, Pennsylvania, after a pair of wild dogs had tanked her tires, flattening three of them. Robin Barton had to summon help from her cell phone. When the police arrived, the dogs had tanked the cruiser's tire as well. Authorities are preparing to tranquilize the dog, a Rottweiler and a pit bull mix, before the surprise and apologetic homeowners arrived. The dog's owner called them generally sweethearts and blamed the attack on a tire toy the dogs had recently been given. By, by the way, I do have to ask this just as a follow-up. Uh, did you guys, Sarah, when you went to Catholic school, was it that bad plaid outfit that was like blue and green? No, I had... Um, mine actually wasn't too bad. I wore a navy blue sweater, and then I had um, like a turquoise, a, a navy blue, black and white. Okay. That's not so bad. It wasn't so bad. Relatively speaking. And you could wear... Um, I think you could... I think when you were younger, you could wear, like, the um, navy blue pants, and during the summer, you could wear navy blue shorts. It's weird how they do all kind of operate off one color palette, though. The Catholic schools all sort of have the one the one fashion playbook they go to. And then you had the uh, green and gold. <laughs> was it, And did you have to wear a tie? Yes. Oh, yes. A tie. And then did it. Now, I always say this just because it's the way you appear in my head, but did you have the jacket with the crest? Yes. That's fantastic. That really is so great. It's like a whole dead poet society thing in my head with you. Uh, let's see. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Hello. 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 Uh, this is George. Hi, George. Hi. I didn't even know I was on the air. This is Job Shadow Julia's dad. I got a Catholic school. Couple stories. Uh, one was the chocolate. My sister used to come home with it because she was a girl. Uh, my dad took hers to work. And of sold course. No, there was always a parent who would take their yeah. kids' uh, crap to work and sell it. Uh, and then all of the other kids, here's the thing, all of the other kids hate that kid. They hate that kid, and they hate that kid's freaking parents. There was a kid who uh, you would talk about. See, it's amazing how much you think you're over these things, <laughs> like with Sarah and Sister Dolores. It's amazing how you think you put stuff in your rearview mirror, and then somebody mentions something, and it all comes back. So there was a kid I went to school with, not to hijack your call, sir, but it had a kid named Michael. 
And goddamn, if Michael's parents didn't take his craft to work, and they worked at the Hanford Nuclear Facility, where there were, like, thousands of people, and, you know, and it would always be like, well, uh, you know what, we want to thank, uh, you know, uh, me, like Rick, who made, uh, you know, $9, and uh, we want to thank uh, Phil, who made $12. Richie, can you uh, check the warm line, please? And, uh, by the way, we want to thank Michael, who made $748,000, and it was because that kid had his parents drag all of his stuff to work. Jesus. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, well, I had to go out, of course, you know, to the houses where the old guys like um, Family Guy, Chris's stalker, you know, they'd invite me in, <laughs> little boys. Um, but the the one thing that you brought back was there was one nun. Um, she ended up, like, whacking a kid with an umbrella because he was goose-stepping to church. That was, <laughs> a, that was a good memory. <laughs> There's always that one kid that decides to, to do that, to, to be sort of the wiseacre. Yeah. Uh, and the one thing you learn early on uh, there was no one with a smaller sense of humor than an administrator at a Catholic school. I mean, a sense of humor that is just like that is just like so uh, non-existent it can't even be charted. So. Oh uh, yeah. Well, right. uh, that guy he ended up going to jail for second degree. Murder. Oh, they always I do. I don't That's know the if thing. there's any connection. No, I don't know whether it's the ki- I don't know whether the nuns target them early because they're bad seeds or whether they become bad seeds because the nuns are beating them in the side of the head. But those kids always end up going to prison. All right. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. All right. It's 503-733-2970. Let's now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show from here. And I have to say it this way. It's kind of a, it's like how you have to say, Jean-Claude Van Damme. You have to say, hell yeah. Uh, let us now welcome uh, to the Rick Emerson Show from hell yeah, uh, guitarist Tom Maxwell. Tom, how are you doing, brother? Doing great. Thanks for having me, man. How are you doing? Not at all. Thank you for coming out. I, I know you were supposed to talk to us last week, and then I had this kind of weird Romulan death flu, uh, and it was. I heard about that. Yeah, my all my insides were liquefied. It was no good, sir. So. Uh, oh man. So uh, how are you guys? You guys are on the road. Uh, you have the CD out now. You have got a new uh, DVD uh, that is just coming out as well. Yeah, blow the dog. Blow the dogs came out. Uh, I want to say about two months ago, maybe. And uh, which is and is this stuff? Well, let me back up for those who maybe aren't familiar with Hell Yeah, which you, you really ought to be. Um, it is uh, it's a super group, and it is uh, uh, it's Chad Griffin Mudvayne, uh, it's uh, Greg Tribbett, Nothing Face guitarist, Tom Maxwell, who is you, and uh, yep. and then of course uh, Vinnie Paul, Pantera, Damage Plant. It's yep. a huge. It's kind of a, a a confluence of all of those different sounds, and it's just this like the biggest, thickest, loudest freaking record that I've heard oh, in yeah. months. I mean, it was well, one of awesome. It's one of those records. I put it on and I hit play. And it kind of feels like your speakers are about to blow apart. You know what I mean? You know, mine mine did the same thing. I think it just has to uh, it has to do with the fact the way that Vinny mixed it. He just wanted to put right out front so that you could just feel the thing. You know what I mean? And just you know, monstrous levels. But that's you know that's the, that's the attitude of the band too. We want we're you know loud, rude, and just party atmosphere. And you know, something to give out to everybody. It was a record that. Is it different? It wasn't so serious, you know. Just have a good time. You is know? it? I mean, there's, 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 I'm sorry. I would no. I was going to say. Speaking of having a good time, is it true that you guys recorded this? Somebody told me that you guys recorded this, uh, like in a, like in a cabana or something, like on his back porch. No, no, no. He, we, we, well, he built us uh, up on his property because he's only got like you know a few bedrooms in his house, and you know, there's, you know, all of us going down at one time. So he. Went out in his backyard and brought in a construction crew and built uh, five little bungalows out there. They're like little little bedrooms, you know. They were completely furnished and air conditioned, and you know, television sets, DVD players. You know, he's just really that's just the type of person he is. You know, he, he doesn't do anything half-assed. He's just you know goes up there and does it all the way to the max, and you know 
and pimped it out. And uh, we recorded the record actually in um, Dime's home studio behind his house. You know, it's the same studio where they recorded the last couple Pantera records. Right. So, is it, uh, was, yeah, it, I mean, was it weird to be in that studio? I mean, I don't know if be all morbid about it, but it was, it, was it strange to be there? Is there, like, is there kind of a shadow uh, over, over you when you're in that room? Do you feel it? Definitely, yeah. I mean, the first day was kind of nerving, you know. It was very surreal being there. Because, you know, you know, you're walking in and, you know, it's Dime's place, you know what I mean? And, and the essence of his life is just everywhere. You know, his guitars, you know, little notes that he wrote, you know, that they put on the walls just to remind people to, you know, turn everything off and set the alarm and all this stuff. And, you know, you look around, there's, you know, the, the Pantera platinum, you know, gold records and stuff like that. And on the floor of the studio, under, they got this, like, clear plexiglass floor in the studio. And underneath that floor, there's, like, old set lists from Pantera, old, re- you know, different mixes of certain songs. You know, so it was, it was pretty heavy, you know, overwhelming, especially coming from, you know, coming from me and Chad and Greg, who are, you know, Massive Pantera fans growing up, and you know, so influenced by those guys. And here we are, we're you know, right in the right in the middle of it, you know, and getting ready to you know write and record songs with one of the you know, but not only one of the best drummers out there, but somebody who's contributed so much to our to the music, you know. We're uh, talking to Tom Maxwell from Hell Yeah, and it, it, speaking of of uh, Vinny, and he, there, that production style that was on a lot of the Pantera records, which it was where it was simultaneously really heavy, but it was crystal clear, is a lot yeah. of the same sound that's on the Hell Yeah record, where it's you can hear every instrument, but then they mesh into one big just boot of sound. Well, that's just the talent that he has. He's got ears. You know, he was hearing things. You know that none of us were hearing when he was doing the mixes. You know, it's just little tiny, tiny little nuances and stuff. And you know, it was just the way we recorded it, too. We did it very, very fast. You know, it was very old school. Like they, the way they used to do it back in the day where they put the band in a studio, put them all in a room together, mic everything, and go. You know, nothing. We didn't do any, like, multiple layering. We didn't sit there and spend a lot of time writing and overanalyzing stuff. We literally, we wrote it, recorded it, and moved on. That was, that was actually going to be one of my questions. When you're doing something that, not that you're not into it, but it's just, you know, you guys all have, uh, you know, regular, others, other bands and primary, uh, you know, gigs that you have. When you're doing a side project or a super group, is it, is it kind of freeing because you don't, you don't have to, there's not so much expectation on it? Well, you know, at first, that's the way we looked at it. You know, we, it, at first it was like a side thing. You know, we were looking at it like we didn't know, we didn't have a deal. You know, we weren't looking at, at anything, you know, we just wanted to get together with our friends and have a good time and, and write some good songs. And if nothing came out of it, at least we had this music. But you know, it debuted at number nine in the Billboard's first week out. And next thing you know, it's 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 charting and charting and charting, and songs are entering into the top five. And you know, it, it you know it it kind of you know forced itself that this is you know this is our tomorrow. Everything that we've done up to this point is still a big part of our lives, but like everything, you know, this is something new and it's something that we're going to have and hold on to. And, you know, it's just the beginning. It, it proved to us that, you know, the kids out there really want something different, you know, and, and that's what we want to give them. You know, we, like I said, you know, we, we, we did this thing to have a good time. We wanted the music to have a good time. There's too much seriousness out there in music today, too much plagiarism. You know, people just borrowing off of each other and just switching out, you know, changing up enough to call it their own. And, and, and everybody's got some kind of, you know, 
you know, mentality and like, like the seriousness factor. And, and we didn't want that. You know, we wanted to bring a good time, you know, Motley Crue style, you know, come to a show, get, you know, party with your friends and, and leave, you know, Doing good. I was. I was looking at the uh, when I go and I got the record and I was looking at the the song titles and the one that and the one that you guys probably hear about all the time is there's a song on the record called Alcohol and Ass and yeah. I, and really that does kind of tell you right there what album you're going to pick up. It's you know this is it's not going to be like a big buzzkill of a record. It is a record that you just put on and you have in the background uh, whatever it is you're doing and it's kind of a perfect soundtrack uh, to to your you're partying, you're driving, you're doing whatever. So that's right. We're we're a, we're a, we're a traveling keg party on wheels, you know. And that's you know when we show up, you know that's that's when the party starts, you know. And you know any band that's been around us will tell you that, you know. It's you know we we're you know we like to have a good time. We like to have everybody around us having a good time, and you know going home like I said, feeling good, and you know hell yeah, you know it's just it's a positive. You know, it's a it, 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 it is. It really is. A, it's a it's a positive thing and. It's really been therapeutic for all of us. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for, for making a little time. I know that we had to postpone it a week, and you guys are you're on the road. You have the DVD below the belt that just came out, mm-hmm. uh, and, of course, the record. So, uh, Tom Maxwell from Hell Yeah. Best of continued success to you guys, and congratulations on a great record, my friend. Thank you for giving us some time here. It's my pleasure. Thank all you right. very much. Thank you, sir. There you go. That's uh, Tom Maxwell from Hell Yeah. Fantastic. Wonderful. There you go, that guy. He does sound like a cool dude. No, it's, you know, and it's it's not, I mean, like, it's not a record that's going to solve any of the world's problems at all. Uh, but, uh, you know, but it is. music isn't meant to solve the world's problems. It is just big and loud and dumb and That was like the super suckers fun. last night. Yeah. Like, watching them and they're just going nuts on stage and, like, seeing everyone have such a good time. It's like. It is. You it know, doesn't, sometimes it doesn't have to have a meaning. Sometimes you can just like something for what it is. You know what Hell Yeah is? Uh, Hell Yeah is, and I mean this in the best possible way, this band Hell Yeah. Is, and first of all, how great is that for a name? Uh, the website, by the way, is hellyearocks.com. That guy sounds like he would be in a band called Hell Yeah. He is like Peter Gibbons' next-door neighbor in office space. And, hey, Peter, man, the breast chick is on! But, like, if he was in a metal band, like, if that guy was about 12 years younger and in a band, he's that guy. Yeah, so, I'm kind of uh, bummed that I missed him last week. They were, I wanted to, but that was, like I said, I was just, sick as a dog. I just thought uh, there's no way I was going to make it there. Uh, we'll play a little bit of one of their songs here and do a break. Uh, and, uh, well, let's do these calls, and then we'll uh, break. We'll come back. Uh, we got uh, Scott Daly, more from Tim Riley, etc. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson uh, radio program. Hi, who's this? Uh, this is Mark. Hey, what's up? Hey, Rick. Um, all the Catholic horror stories about all the Catholic schools. I had this happen actually in a Portland public school in second grade. Watched a kid get his mouth out, uh, washed out twice with soap for cussing at the teacher within a, about a half now, hour. Now, actually with soap? Because that's a thing yep. you sort of hear about, but you don't really ever see. She grabbed him by the nape of the neck, took him over to the, the sink, nape. grabbed the bar, and just started scrubbing his mouth out. And then we had another teacher in the same school that had a walking stick with an, uh, that was wrapped with tape on one end and would whack the desk in front if you weren't paying attention. And he whacked a couple of kids with it when they got out of hand. Fantastic. Yeah. Hey, did you ever get an answer on that uh, excerpt from that uh, TV show that was Jack Webb uh, was talking about Ezekiel's wheel? And We did, but do you know the answer? Project UFO. Well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you, my friend. All right. Uh, uh, Tom Maxwell of Hell Yeah is a very attractive man. Is he? Look at that. Come on. Hold on. Let me look. Oh, yeah? No, he's... And doesn't he look like a guy who would be in a band called Hell Yeah? Yeah, he really does. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Oh, don't let me forget. we got to do... Uh, so we got the... Uh, we got these uh, movie passes we're doing. we got a, a couple Salvador Mollies giveaways uh, that we're going to do here as uh, as well. So we'll do that... 
here in just a second. Let me type that in. There we go. Uh, so, by the way, speaking of, of washing your mouth out with soap, did you have, you were probably too young for this, but the, the weird soap dispenser in the bathroom that wasn't like a liquid, it was like a crank you turned, and it was like a big hard block of soap inside the dispenser, and you turned the crank, and it like shaved off no. pieces of soap that would fall into your hand. I've never even seen that. Really or weird. Or what is that? ghetto soap dispenser. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, so, Rick, you've got all these horror stories about Catholic school. I have to say, when I was in Catholic school, the best thing I found out, it entailed uh, Hustler Magazine and The Last Supper. Should we let him expand on this, or? No, let's just leave it to the imagination. Well, just leave it there, sir. I don't think you can beat your subject line. All right, God bless. All right, sir, you're <laughs> caller number four, though, so you are going to win a pair of passes to see 10,000 B.C. Outstanding. All right, thank you. There you go. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Hey, uh, Richie with the T, uh, I know you're getting this guy's information, but uh, I will, uh, I'll wait here just a second. But uh, what we're going to do right now, Richie, is uh, we're going to uh, to call her at number five right now at 503-733-2970. At caller, uh, caller number five right now uh, will score a $50 gift certificate to Salvador Molly's. Uh, their Great Balls of Fire King or Queen of Heat event is coming this Sunday, March 2nd at Salvador Molly's from 11 to 1. Proceeds go to Oregon Heat, helping Oregonians meet their energy needs. So uh, right now at 503-733-2970, uh, caller number 5 will win a $50 gift certificate to Salvador Molly's. That'll be right now. All right, we have a little bit of some I break. do. All right, uh, I, this uh, is uh, Hell Yeah!, uh, featuring Tom Maxwell, the guy we just spoke with. Take a break. We'll come back. More from Tim Riley around the corner, Scott Daly, and all that. Say, there's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. An idol clip. I was trying to save it. You gotta give Tim control of it. Right. T-shirt Tim. All right. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Tim resplendent in his uh, in his U two three D rock and roll T-shirt. I feel like a real rock and roller. Yes, you do. Uh, all right. Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from FilmFeverRadio.com, our good friend Scott. Dally. Joining us now. In school, did you get called Dilly Dally? Yeah. Okay. A couple did you get, times. Did you get called Dally Bar? 
No, but I got Dilly Dally Bar. Okay. <laughs> Dilly Dally Bar. Fantastic. Yeah. I uh, love thanks. Dilly Bars. Thanks for bringing that up again. That's what I do. Uh, okay. Yeah, so we have that... a 20th year anniversary reunion coming up. Are I you going? That's going to happen. Uh, I don't know. You, you're going to go. Debating. I can totally tell. I'm debating. You're going to go and attention whore yourself around and say, I interviewed Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> Deny it. Deny it. You can't deny it. I'm you not can't deny it. You know it's true. But, you know, I mean, we got the whole invitation. I got all the, the, the weekend activities. And it's like, I, you know, I mean, I spent. Are they charging you to go? Well, let's uh, back up. When is your 20th high school reunion? It is the last weekend in June. Okay. Oh, so, so you're having your 20th when I'm having my 10th. Yeah. You're old. And so, geez, thanks, Sarah. That is not. Um, you know yeah, Friday night is the alumni only thing, which if I go to anything, I'll is that no that. Is that code for no spouses? Exactly. Well, that's creepy. <gasps> okay, that's, that's totally just so you can go hump some girl you went to school with. That's kind of cool, though, for like single people like me, who I'm like, like everyone's parading around their husbands and whatever. I don't think spouses should be allowed to go, period. <laughs> you yeah. know? Not allowed. That's the wrong way to put it. I mean, I. Let me back up. Uh, let me say first and foremost, I haven't gone to any mine, nor shall I, because F them. Yeah, but that's kind of where I'm at right now. I, it's not that spouses ought not be allowed to go, but if I was a spouse, like, let me, my wife hasn't gone to any of her reunions, but if she did, I would just stay home. Not because I'm, like, pissed off about it or something, but just because I'm not going to know anybody, and half of the time, she's going to have to be introducing me, like, oh, and this is my husband, and she's going to take away from that. It's just I will be diverting energy. She's there to see people she went to school with, you know. They're not there to see me, and I'm certainly not, I don't know them. What fun is it for you? That's what I mean. Yeah. I am completely, I am the very definition of useless at a reunion. I'm, I, it, there is no reason for me to go to one of my wife's reunions. None. Zero. Uh, and so I just don't see the point of taking a spouse to a reunion. I'm not, I mean, I'm not trying to be like a jerk about it. It just, it seems like a waste of time. I was all set to go to my tenure, jeez, uh, ten years ago, uh, up to the day of the actual event, and I finally said, yeah. I'm going to go out and just have a good time. With I, that, my, see, but that is interesting, though, that the first night is alumni only. Because mm-hmm. that's that, you know, that's totally what that's for. Yeah. That is completely for that girl you've been you've been Googling, that girl you've been looking up on MySpace or Classmates.com. That's what that Friday yeah. night alumni only dinner is Man, for. I went to school with no good-looking guys in my class. But then again, maybe some of them became good-looking over the see, years. And the ones that you yeah. thought were, were moderately good-looking are all ugly and driving forklifts. Exactly. All of them, bald exactly. kids everywhere. So, yeah, Friday night's the big alumni event. I think it's like the Red Lion. You know, of course it is. Tiki Lounge Glamour. or something. Yeah. <laughs> and Saturday night, I think it's like in the St. family. Helens, is, right? No, no, it's in Hillsborough. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Come on, Rick. Forget I school St. Helens. I just live out of me. Hillsborough. <laughs> no, and then Saturday night is like the, the spouses thing. I think Sunday is like the family picnic thing. But if I go to any event, it'll probably be on now, Friday. Now, this is awkward, but I mean, a spouses thing, but you're you're single now. Yes. You're going to take your special lady friend? No. Okay. Good move. Why would no, no, you no. want to go? Well, I'm saying good move. You don't want to do that? No. All right. Rick, I just got an email from Harvey Dent. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. I never get any emails from Harvey Dent. Take back Gotham City. You know, he's running for DA, you know. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. By the way, just prior to the Hell Yeah interview, Tim found a copy of, did you keep that picture up? Of what? The, the school vest? The school outfit? Oh, no, I, I took it out. Because oh. it was right as Tom Maxwell from Hell Yeah was calling. Tim found. Now, is that a guy wearing the same outfit? No, those are vests. Uh, sweater vests, which they didn't have back when I was going. Oh, I see. So kids now have it easily. 
All yeah. right. All right. I suppose in certain seasons, they have four seasons of uniforms now, as four. opposed to one. Four seasons of uniforms. And, of course, whenever I picture you in school, again, it is with you in the Dead Poet Society outfit. <laughs> yeah, I much. picture like a brickstone building, and in my head, I do hear the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. And it's, hello, Mom, I'm off to school. Hello, Dad. I'm heading to another day of fruitful education. And then John Houseman is your teacher. <laughs> Where your book's wrapped up in a leather strap. Totally. Welcome <laughs> to my class. And then you're in a huge, like, marble assembly hall, like skull and bones. <laughs> They're handing you a scroll. I suppose that's fairly accurate. <laughs> an, ink, an ink bottle and a pen, a Teaching. fountain pen. And it's like your class for the day is like how to look down on others. <laughs> Which I passed with flying colors. <laughs> how to hire a gardener. Good form, sir. Good Here's form. Tim well, I don't have to hire them because the uh, the property management company hires them for me. <laughs> you've extended that's extra. You've earned extra credit then. Well, I, I oversee their work. <laughs> they, they did prune uh, the rose bush a little bit too close to the ground, but I, I let that one go this time. Uh oh. And they they cut two plants, almost to the bare ground, and I should have left them a note ahead of time to leave those bushes alone. <laughs> is next? Uh, is there going to be punishment if it happens again? Well, I'm going to see how fast they grow back before yeah. I complain the next time. All right. But, I mean, but if, they, if they continue in this fashion, there's going to be some sort of a strongly worded letter. I there will be, be, reaper, there'll be yeah. repercussions, won't there, Tim? Like the person who parked his boat in front of his house on a Monday morning. Did he oh. pay? It's gone. <laughs> Damn. Tim, Tim is, is your neighborhood part of a homeowner's association? Yeah. Tim, Tim, don't play. Oh. Do you get out the ruler and measure the grass <laughs> of the scallywag neighbors across the way? No, the park is across the street from my house. And oh, that's, right. that's right. I'm, I have two parks. Uh, I just love the image. I'm sorry, not to interrupt. I love the image of the tow truck hauling some poor sap's boat away and Tim in his window with a steaming mug of tea, nod, nodding approvingly to himself as he sees the man's boat being hauled away and impounded. As Beethoven is going Tim, through the home sound And in my head, it's like you're holding the cup of tea, Tim. You're holding the cup of tea with one hand, and you're dunking the tea bag with the other one, and then nodding sagely as the man's yacht is being is being repossessed. Well, it's not supposed to be the focal point of the neighborhood. <laughs> That's an eyesore, You really right? are my hero. You are. Fantastic. All right. In the news, <laughs> Oregon spends more on prisons than anyone else, which is a good thing. We all feel a little bit safer because of that. This is a new report from the Pew Center. It says Oregon is one of four states that spends more on corrections and higher education. Well, why waste their money, really? They're going to end up there anyway. It also says Oregon spends a higher percentage of its total general fund dollars on co co uh, corrections than any other state. On average, the state spends 6.8% on general fund dollars on corrections. Oregon's rate is 10.9%. Why, that's much better. Uh, so that is a good thing. A supervisor at a motivational coaching business in Provo, Utah, is accused of waterboarding an employee in front of his sales team to demonstrate they should work as hard on sales as employees also work to breathe. Would you please, we want to say, by the way, this is not an Onion story. Where's you, that? This is from the Salt Lake City Tribune. Will you, will you please just read that opening paragraph again? A supervisor at a motivational coaching business in Provo is accused of waterboarding an employee in front of a sales team to demonstrate they should work as hard on sales as the employee who had to work to breathe. So, so tell me this. Is, waterbo is waterboarding the third place prize or the fourth that, place that, prize? First prize is, third prize is you waterboarded. 
This is uh, in a lawsuit filed last month, former Prosper Incorporated salesman Chad Hutchins alleges his managers also allowed the supervisor to draw mustaches on employees' faces, take away their chairs, and beat on their desks with a wooden paddle because it resulted in increased revenues for the company. Uh, Prosper uh, President Dave Ellis responded to the allegations. They, he said it amounted to uh, uh, sensationalizing versions of events. They just roll their eyes and say, this is ridiculous. Sure. That's not how it went down. We're hearing this out of context. Mm-hmm. All right. The suit claims that Hutchins' team leader, Joshua Christensen, asked for volunteers in May for a new motivational exercise, <laughs> which he did not describe. Uh, Hutchins, who was 26 It does time, involve clamps and uh, electricity on your genitals, though. Well, he Plastic. volunteered in order to prove his loyalty and determination. So uh, Christensen led the sales team to the uh, top of a hill near the office and told Hutchins to lie down with his head downhill. Uh, Christensen uh, then uh, told the rest of the team to hold Hutchins by the arms and legs. Christopherson poured water from a gallon jug over Hutchins' mouth and nostrils, like an interrogation strategy known as waterboarding, and told the team members to hold Hutchins down as he struggled. That's no lawsuit. <laughs> Seriously, what kind of effed up B.F. Skinner experiment is this? Jesus. So at the conclusion of the demonstration... <laughs> Who would agree to hold down one of their co-workers while he's being waterboarded? You know how people follow like sheep? I suppose. Christensen told the team that he wanted them to work as hard on making sales as Chad had to breathe while he was being waterboarded. That's it. I'm I cannot go... believe that's that a is phrase. terrible. That's it. I'm going to go waterboard Tony Howard right after the show. <laughs> And I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get like, uh, I'm gonna get like Dave Zinn and Richie to hold him down. Meant, it was meant as a team building exercise. Everybody was involved. Everyone was involved and enthusiastic. So this is like in prep school when you kill a homeless guy together. <laughs> yeah. My favorite corporate word is team building. Team building. Jesus. <laughs> Don't go to Utah. To, my wife is there right now. Is she in Provo? Yeah. <laughs> as we speak. As I live and breathe. Fantastic. Oh God. That's sensational. All right. What? I said goodbye. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, your microphone. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. Yeah. I have to go home and put on a dress shirt. <laughs> Before they and see the, you. Look you around. just keep rocking the T-shirt. As you look around the neighborhood for other things you can ever move. <laughs> <laughs> Greatest newsman in the history of the world. Your... Back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, top of the hour, all the way through like Don't leave your boat on the street. And seriously. Jeez, man. <laughs> Can't you just see him like Blofeld, just petting his dog with one hand and phone on the other? No, no, no. It's a 45-foot yacht. No, it's an inch over the line. No, it'll need to be destroyed. Jesus. Hello, Scott Daly. I'm Bobby Dooley of Tim's World. Completely. How are you? Uh, I am feeling like crap. Well, that's good. Thanks yeah. for sitting right next to me while you're hey, breathing. I love that we're all in a close room Thanks, together. I'm glad we're all breathing the I, same I'm air just, you know, spreading the love. No, this is my first day out in the real world in like two and a half days. I've been home with this Romulan death flu. You have, so you have nothing to review today? Uh, I was going to say semi-pro, but it didn't happen. Sarah saw semi-pro. semi-pro. How was it? Um, I'd had a Sparks. So was, I, was, I was drunk. <laughs> so I thought it was really funny. Um, it kind of lost me toward the end. It seemed like there was a lot of cheap humor where, um, you know, usually where they would, like, build a storyline or something, there was a lot of profanity and a lot of, like, scatological so, humor. Like, anatomy kicking. I don't know, but you could say, can you say? You were just, like, it was doing breasts. So then. I know, I was like, well, I don't, you know what I mean. Junk kicking? Yes, junk kicking. Junk there kicking. A lot of Ow My Balls humor. Yeah, it was, oh, God. Will Ferrell was pretty damn funny. He's, too. And Andre 3000 funny. was in it, and... 
did a really good job. Yeah, he's one of those guys you just like knew him. could act. You mm-hmm. just knew it from Jump. Have you seen guy. his animated his cartoon on Cartoon Network? Mm-hmm. It's like Class 3000 or something. It's a cool little show. Cool. Yeah, I mean, he's just he seems like a cool guy. He seems yeah. like somebody you'd want to hang out with. But are, are, are we all fed up with the insert sport, goofy sport, oh, Will Ferrell comedy no, here? I'm totally. Yeah, you've just got to kind I mean, of take good. it for the I'm expecting a competitive eating one. I'm expecting a curling one. Uh, I yeah, mean, you just, know that, that you just know that that's the case. Cricket. Lacrosse. Uh, cricket. Yeah, Probably with, lacrosse with, a goofy, at some point. with a goofy British accent. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What's up? Hey, Rick. Good show today. Thank you, sir. Yeah, I'll make this real quick, but my fourth grade teacher got kicked out of the uh, nunhood for beating kids and stuff. Ah, that's a lie. No one gets kicked and out of the nunhood for I, beating I, kids. It's a requirement, isn't it? I, it's not a lie at all. From from day one, in, in my fourth grade, we got something happened in class. We had 50 to 52 students in a class. She lined up the whole class. Nobody would say anything who did it. She beat everybody. She broke three pointers over my buddy's head during the, <laughs> dur- during the year. She'd take not a yardstick but a ruler and yeah. turn it up on edge when she hit. Yeah, she oh, no, hit the hit ruler. No, 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 our nuns did that, too, where they would use the edge of the ruler. Yeah. Oh, like the metal, metal edge. edge. Yeah. Oh. She, well, just she, you know, so it doesn't bend. And <laughs> later, on, later on in the years, eventually some, you know, some parent turned her in and stuff, and she actually did get kicked well, out. Oh, good for them. All right. Yeah. Thank you, sir. All right. That's voice number two right there. Can, can, I, can I just quick give a, a very quick thanks to everybody, you guys especially, for coming out to the Film Fever Radio oh, Awards on Saturday? Yeah, went well. Yeah, we didn't that was, on a good event. It oh, went really thank well. you. Yeah. Thank you. I want to thank everyone who came out. Aaron and I, uh, it was above and beyond our expectations. We had our Film Fever Radio uh, Award movie awards last Saturday night at Sam's Billiards, and uh, we were just blown away by the turnout, the support. I want to thank everybody who showed up for that. We had a really, really good time. So Excellent. It was, it, was, it was great, so thank you. Not at all. Uh, let's do Let's see here. Here's an interesting email. This one says, let's see, and by the way, before the show is done, uh, let's see, we're doing uh, 10,000 BC tickets to uh, every fourth call that gets on the air. And then we have this other Salvador Molly's thing that we do have to get given away at some point. So we'll do that real quick. Great balls of fire. So yummy. Rick, can you think of a movie that actually has the line, and so it begins? I need to know. Best show ever. I can think of one right off the bat. And so it begins. And so it begins. In the movie itself or in the trailer? In the movie. Because that's a movie that we use, you know, that's just a line that gets used a lot. Like, I regret nothing. I say that all the time, and I, don't, I can't even think of... So it begins. I can think of one right now. What are you thinking of? It's Two Towers. The Siege of Minas Tirith. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. where they're coming up there, and uh, King, what's his name? They're standing... I'm pretty sure it's Two Towers. Yeah, right? right. And they get, they're standing there, and the Uruk High are coming over the uh, the whatever, and they're standing there, and they all start banging their, like, swords or whatever mm-hmm. at once, and you see the close-up of the one Uruk High, and he's going... Rah! Like oh, growling, yeah. and yeah. they do a close-up on what's his name, uh, the, the 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 guy, the guy that's had them fall back to the keep. Right. Uh, and he goes, they do a tight shot. And he goes, so it begins yeah. right there. And then of course that's when the battle starts. It's bad. Well, because that, that summarizes so many great things in life. Like when you just you know make one choice, you're just like, and so yeah. it begins. Because you know it's going in one direction. Completely. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi, Rick. I was just going to tell you about my incident when I was uh, younger in my Catholic days. Well, you know, too. how did we get into this Catholic thing, Sarah? Because I said at the beginning of the show, Free Dress Friday. That's right. That's thing. exactly why. And what, we've really tapped into some weird vein. Yes, go ahead. Well, uh, we, we were in the restroom, and um, I was shutting the stall, and uh, some girl got her fingers cut up in the door, and I smashed her fingers. <gasps> and the nun came in, grabbed me by the hair, and threw me in the hallway. I had to sit in the hallway for three hours talking to no one. Yeah, nuns love grabbing people by the hair for some reason. That was their yeah. preferred method to get you out of a chair. I think you're right. Yeah, Catholicism is so interesting, but I'm so glad I wasn't raised Catholic. All right, Good thank God. you. Oh, like you. 
seriously, dude, at least we believe in going to the doctor. I, hey, I, <laughs> Christian <laughs> scientist. By the time, by the time I... See, like, some Christian scientist. I knew a girl who was a Christian scientist. Was in like I don't know, some, like a skateboarding accident or something. Look at my arm. It's fine. It's like a Z hanging down. No, no hey, seriously. No, no, no. Jesus healed my arm, and it's like all pointy. The second my mom said, wow. "What do you want to do, religion wise?" I'm out, mom. Sorry, I'm done. So as soon as I had a choice, yeah. I was away you from that. You take God. I'll no take choice. penicillin. All right. <laughs> I mean, come on. Really? I'm just saying. You know, at least I'm in Christian science schools, they don't drag you out of the room by their hair. Well, no. And yes, um, there are Christian science schools. Uh, really? Yeah. All There's right. a big college in uh, Illinois called Principia. <sighs> okay. Uh, so, Richie, here's what we're going to do. Uh, so we're going to take a break here. Uh, around the corner, I feel like for the Salvador Molly's thing, we ought to, like, uh, make somebody answer something, though. Have somebody say, um, nah, that's stupid. Never Scott mind. Daly, it's your job to come up with a... Uh, Come up with a movie trivia question. Right, there are. We'll get back to the break. Yeah, during this break, you got to come up with a movie trivia question All right. uh, for this remaining Salvador Molly's gift certificate. Stay there. Back after this with Scott Daly. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, don't go anywhere. Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, we are now going to do, uh, we'll do this, we're going to do two things now. We're take caller number five right now, Richie, beginning with these that are calling right now. Yeah, we'll take caller number five at 503-733-2970 to answer the following trivia question for a $50 gift certificate to Salvador Molly's, their Great Balls of Fire King or Queen of Heat event this Sunday. Uh, March 2nd at Salvador Molly's, 11 uh, a.m. to 1 p.m. Proceeds go to Oregon Heat, helping Oregonians meet their energy needs. What is the trivia question, Scott Daly? It is, who portrayed Jerry Lee Lewis's wife, Myra Lewis, in Great Balls of Fire? Wife slash cousin. Wife slash cousin. All right, so there you go. Who portrayed Jerry Lee Lewis's uh, wife slash cousin, Myra Lewis, in the movie Great Balls of Fire, starring Dennis Quaid? Uh, it's 503 733 970, Richie. And we'll just start caller five, and we'll kind of go down the row here and see if we can uh, kind of wrangle up whoever that is. Uh, in the meantime, what's opening uh, right now? Uh, so Semi-Pro opens today, as well as, now this cast sounds ideal, but it's a costume drama period piece. Scarlett Johansson, Natalie Portman, oh, I saw and the other Boleyn sister. Ewan McGregor or somebody? Uh, no, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. It's, it's yeah. about Amber Lynn's sister. <laughs> No, not Amberlynn. Anne Boleyn's sister. Oh, not Amberlynn. No, no. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, color me there. Yes. No, right. no. And so, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of period pieces, so what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. uh, also on DVD this week, uh, which I which I rented and I loved, was Michael Clayton. Came out this week. It's a good film. A really solid good film. legal drama. Yeah, I love legal dramas, yeah. though. I'm all over legal dramas. Yeah. And it was really, really well done, and I thought Tilda Swinton uh, deserved and She's nutty, was, though. Uh, got Did you the see award. her at the Oscars? Boy, she's I met her. Crazy. Really? I met was her. She, nutty she was person? here in town filming a film, filming a movie, and that was, was our crazy? set visit. Uh, a little bit. She has like a weird drama nerd. Thing yeah. Oh, total drama nerd. But she was a lot of fun too. So. Excellent. Uh, let's see here. Call 
Caller number five. Hello. Do ye know who portrayed uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's wife's last cousin? Well, now, you, now you'll never know. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Do you know who portrayed Jerry Lee Lewis's wife slash cousin in the movie Great Balls of Fire? Oh, dang. No. All right. Sorry about that. All right. You fail. <laughs> Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson radio program. Do you know who portrayed Jerry Lee Lewis's wife slash cousin in Great Balls of Fire? And are, are you, in fact, it's there? It's you. It is you. I don't think they're there. All right. Hi. Hello. Hi, Rick Emerson. Show who's this. This is John. Hi, John. Do you know who portrayed uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's wife slash cousin in Great Balls of Fire? Happy Winona Ryder. Well done. Yeah. All right, sir. You're going. Uh, you're getting a fifty dollars gift certificate to Salvador Molly's, my friend. Awesome. Right, use some of that you. for those Great Balls of Fire. There They're tasty. All right, Richie. Uh, so, Richie, it's line three is the winner, and let's clear out the other lines. All right. Thank you so much. All right. So, pick up. Yeah, line three. Uh, is the guy who has won there. Four. I do also want to say not this. Four. It is three. 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 Line three, Richie. Line three. Come on, Richie. All right, well, whatever. Starting, right. Uh, starting Friday, next Friday, at the uh, film center, they're doing a Robert Altman per, uh, film retrospective. Really? All for the entire month of March, starting next Friday. Very so cool. that's very cool. Yeah, right, so excellent. More on that. Uh, how, many, how many minutes have we, Sarah? Uh, about four and a we half. We have four minutes, so we can do some lost calls here. Okay, I, just, I, don't, uh, I would have to talk to other people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. No, that's all right. Uh, well, I have to talk to other people because I don't I'm really sorry, understand what the sick. hell I'm happened. Trying to, all right, I'm, I'm trying to cover because I, I know you have, you have nothing to do. I know. I appreciate that. You're bringing get... nothing to the table. Or anyone who understood Lost last night. All right. So that's the thing call. is I know it's a bit of a, a brain bender. So if you oh, saw, really? So this is, uh, and I apologize because we, we typically do this earlier in the in the show on Fridays, um, but uh, our Lost recap. So if uh, you saw Lost last night, uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. If you saw Lost last night, and uh, we'll do a little uh, little recapping with uh, Betwixt You and Sarah. So, Richie, line three is the Salvador Molly's winner. And there then we'll go we ahead go. and we'll, yeah, we'll go ahead and get, uh, get the rest of these calls, which are going to be lost calls, at uh, 503-733-2970. Let's see who, uh, hi, Rick, uh, okay, there you go. This always happens to our phones on Fridays. Hi, yes, hi, Rick Emerson Show, who's this? Hey, did you hear about the fight down at the seafood market? When, where? Um, downtown, the fish got battered. Ah! Come on. Hook, line, and sinker, Emerson. Hook, line, and sinker. Okay. <laughs> I was hoping there really been a brawl. No, and then she took herself well, was, out there. I was there wondering where the hell the fish market was. I was, was thinking she meant like Anthony's Fish, the grotto or the Anthony's Fish House, whatever that place is. Oh. Uh, you know, or something. That was perfect, But that man. was so great, though. The and, then she t- and then she took herself out at the end. That's genius. Hi, Rick oh, Emerson boy. Show. Hello. Hi, it's John. Hi, John. What's up? I was uh, calling about Lost because you were saying uh Yes. Uh, what uh, particular topic was the uh, about lost was the question? Well, apparently last night was confusing as all get no, out. No, I don't think there was a question. It's just kind of like it's just a whole other level. I mean, Discuss. what? Yeah, what do you think's going on with the whole um, like time travel thing? Uh, this is this is kind of t- ties back to that episode a little back further when they were talking about Desmond and how he was uh, time he was seeing the future a little bit. Yeah, he was seeing the future and then going back to the past. Yeah, I think the the idea is he's not time traveling himself. It's his consciousness that's time traveling. So, like, his body isn't moving between time, but his mind is. Well, and I wonder, too, because they're saying that because he was exposed to that radiation when they blew up the hatch, um, if Locke actually knows um, that something bad will happen to him getting off the island because he's so adamant about staying on the island because he was exposed to the same amount of radiation as um, as Desmond was. So I'm kind of wondering if maybe Locke knows something that we don't as well. 
I actually have a suspicion that someone else in the show is time traveling, and they're just not telling us. Yeah, who do you think is think it's locked. Yeah, who do you think is on the boat? Who do you think is Ben's man on the boat? Ben's man on the boat? Uh, I, I don't actually think we might not have seen him yet, or he could be one of the two guys that was kind of roughing up uh, Desmond and, and Saeed. Or he so could have met the person in the past and, like, bre- oh, I don't know. I can't even think uh, about that. I have a question. I have a question. Thank you, yeah. sir. What are your what are your thoughts on on time travel being put into a serial show after three or four seasons? Do you think it's kind of a cop out? Are they cheating? No, yeah. I mean I really they they've alluded to time travel throughout the entire series. There has been especially with Desmond. This, have, one, yeah, this but, one was Desmond Focal, and that's and whenever they have alluded to time travel, it's always dealt well, with Desmond. Yeah, going but with, back with, with, or with Desmond in, in the first three seasons, I do remember Desmond having having a sense of predicting the future, but I don't remember them talking about specifically time travel yeah, after, until you got to the very last episode of season three. After he blew up the hatch, he actually went back in time, and he was with Penny, and remember he was predicting like who was going to win. like he, he was betting on a horse race at a bar. I thought that was all flashback, though. No, no, this, it was the same thing that was happening to him last night where he would, like, be in a different place, then he'd wake up and he'd be in a different, then in another place. Huh, I always thought time travel is kind of a, kind it's of a cop pretty out, cool. I think, you should, you should watch it Oh, I definitely plan on No, I'm not judging. I'm just saying, because um, I know X-Files did a little bit of time travel stuff for a while. Well, it's it's kind of a, the problem is that there have been some it's, it's series that have arc. used it as a... How did this happen? It well, did, we'll fix it with time travel. It was kind of yeah, off-putting yeah. a little bit last night, but it was it was so off-putting. But at the same time, at the end of it, it's confusing, but it makes sense because they do tie it all together. And please don't be wrong. I'm not judging. I I love Lost. I'm excited hey, to see like, season four. You know, but, a you know, billion people are watching it, so they're yeah. doing something right. Yeah, yes, exactly God. right. All right, fine. So, no, it, but it is, uh, it, and time travel, let's be honest. Time travel is one of those things you can't think about too much anyway. You can't really fathom it. Because, because yeah. yeah, because it's just impossible to figure out. It's like, you know, Linda Hamilton has the whole thing in Terminator 2 right. about how it just, you know, you'll go crazy if you try to think about time travel and if it really makes sense at all. Uh, by the way, uh, this guy says, uh, and so it begins, is also said by Ambassador Kosh in Babylon 5, circa 1993. So there you go. All right. Uh, we want to thank Scott Daly, the new episode of FilmFeverRadio.com. Up, yes? No. No? <laughs> I've been sick and Aaron's been moving. But we are recording a new show tonight. Thanks for coming in, Scott. So, hey, I appreciate the invitation. <laughs> thank you, Rick. It's always great to be welcome and part of the family. <laughs> we want to thank Tom Maxwell from Hell Yeah! Uh, Lisa Desjardins from CNN Radio, Steve It'll Captain Bomb, and so forth. <laughs> Rick Emerson, show producer, Danny Everyday, with the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for AM 970, Solid State Radio in the newsroom, Jim Riley. On the phones, Richie Bristol. Dave's in as the gatekeeper, webmistress, uh, Bridget upstairs, Susan Reynolds, CBS Radio Portland Marketing Guru. Uh, like us next, Donna Mike at 7. Have a good weekend. See you at 10 a.m. Monday for the recap. As always, uh, thank you for listening. Uh, watch out for Don't snakes. Finish. I'm huge. I regret nothing. So we begin. Bye. <laughs> I can't see.